What up, boys? I hope you don't mind. I'm gonna take my belt off. For the Constitution. A doy? I'm gonna give you a real rough hand job. I'm bugging out on being an idiot. Everybody bend over. No, he'll fucking kill you. I tapped your son's ass so hard I know all about his soccer practice. Welcome to people time, bitches. Oh, oh. <laughs> We're back. We're here. Yeah, hey. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a little while. Uh, it's because mm. one of us got COVID and the other one's a lazy asshole. And I'm the one who did not get COVID. Yes. Yeah. You got the covid Your you boy got the COVID. Oh, man. Yeah. Did that suck? Luckily, I'm vaxxed. That's uh, good. You know, I'm very young, very yeah. virile. Um... You know, my sexual appetite has no has no end, and I think that my the COVID got into my body and was like, I can't fuck with that. Yeah. So it was really just like a bad cold with a, a fever every now and then, so I lived. But we had two weeks of no people time. Yeah. yeah. Well, the CDC website says that. No people time, two weeks. Oh, it says that. Per- oh, yeah. It says it directly like that. No, no people time recording. Yeah. It says, if you want to hang out with the cousins that you're not so much in, like, care for... That's fine. That's okay. That's passable. But they were like, don't record podcasts for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, Socially irresponsible. My wife got sick after that, so we had to push it back again. And then yeah. all before that, I was just a lazy asshole because it's it's hard. And I had a yeah. couple job interviews. I was almost I almost switched jobs. Well, life happens. And people time is a, a, a labor of love and not to complain for the dabblers, but it's hard. It, it takes some time. Uh, people time is kind of hard to do. It's research. It's hard to piece this shit together. It's worth it, but uh, it take it takes a while. So sorry for the for the delay in episodes. You hey, know we love you guys. Keep your pants on and then take them off. Yeah, and then send them to me in the mail. Yeah, and I'll wear them. Yeah, I, well, mostly I just put them in my mouth. Yeah, while I'm wearing them. Yeah, like after my wife goes to bed, I go into the garage. Mm-hmm. And I take pants that have been mailed to me and I just put them in my mouth. Yeah, and I go. That's hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even know whose pants they are. I just found them. <laughs> I just like pants. Well, if this is your first time listening to People Time Podcast, just to kind of give you an idea, we are a welcome history-based podcast where we dive into the lives of some of the most influential figures in history. Sometimes they're good guys, sometimes they're bad guys, but mm. nonetheless, you get to learn about you know those names you hear in the news, and you're like, I don't know anything about that. Hmm. Or you learned in school, but it's like just a little tidbit, and you're like, seems like... There should be some more importance on this. Who the fuck is Nellie Bly? Yeah, you can go learn. We have an episode on Nellie Bly. We figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't know too much about MLK. We got an episode on that. We actually did two on him. Yeah. If you really want, you really want your your buckets cleaned. Is that a thing people say? <laughs> yeah, I say yeah. It all the time. Tell me that your buckets cleaned over here. I need I need to learn and get my buckets cleaned up. Yeah. Well, history is dark, so we keep it light. Ah, uh, it's nice. <laughs> Nice. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty basic around here. We're two middle-aged guys, no kids, mm-hmm. both married. We both own dogs. We both uh, use bidets. Yeah, we do. I'm always drunk. You're not. Yeah. That's the whole. That's the whole show. And the dabblers and whatever other nonsense comes to the mind. We also always have a different name every fucking episode. Yeah, we do. So, what is your name today? Well, uh, I don't know if we mentioned it, it is actually Halloween tonight. It is. Um, we don't have kids, so that doesn't mean anything to, 
I just, you know, it means just, a lot to me that I don't have kids. I like that I don't have kids. Oh, no, yeah. It means a lot that I don't have kids, but the holiday is whatever. Yeah. I'm not a, like a spooky person. But me either. Because it's, it's Halloween. My, today, I am Vince Cortho, Keymaster of Gozer. What is that? It's from Ghostbusters. Oh, so you got the, the Halloween theme. I did it. I like I like that movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but it's good. Um, yeah, I watched that. Like, I watched all the uh, spooky movies I watched as a kid recently. Yeah, and that one's good. Yeah. Not as good as I remember, but good. I liked. I think the second one, right? The guy it's, with the painting. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like uh, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's always fun. But yeah, we do use fake names. You don't get to know who we are. Who are you? Dabbler. You. Yeah. Oh, me. I'm, uh, yeah, you're talking to me, the person in the room. I see. I was like, that's very meta that your name is Dabbler. Yeah, no, no, it's not. No. Because if you listen to the show, you are a Dabbler. That's a part of the thing. You are now one no matter what. Even if you stop listening right now, Does, it's, it's too, too late. Too you're late. a Dabbler. You're in the Dabbler. We're a lot like the Mormon church. Once you become a Mormon. <laughs> they don't let you out. Yeah. Mm-mm. Even if you have your records removed, you're still counted in, as a number. They still send those 19-year-old kids to your house to tell you stuff about it. Yeah. Well, I am Wadsworth. Wad? Wadsworth. I am Mr. Body's butler. Who? Mr. Body. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From from Clue? From, from Clue. Right. Yeah. yeah. The movie Clue. Is that Tim well, Curry? Tim Curry, which is a phenomenal actor. Fantastic. I love him to death. And it kind of goes a little bit into this episode. But it's also uh, at least a reference to it. It's also all Hallow's Eve, and that uh, what what's that movie that everybody watches on Halloween? Hall- Halloween. Well, yeah, but that's that's Jamie Lee Curtis. Tim Curry is in uh... Legend. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying things that go with sort of what you're saying. What's the next What's the next word association I get to do? I can't believe I can't remember the name of it. Is how, oh. Home Alone 2. He's in that one, too. Nice. He, that's what you're talking about. I don't know what I to do with Halloween. I was talking about Home Alone 2. It's weird that you'd bring up one that's not Halloween related. I know. It's so weird. Yeah. It, it's not Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, yeah. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Uh, this afternoon, I was at a weed store, a marijuana shop. Oh, nice. If you will. Where were you? To buy illicit drugs. Oh, okay. Uh, and they, play, they played a Rocky Horror Picture Show over the... Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty it's pretty nice. Yeah. Pretty good. So wait, your first name again was Vins. Vins. Vins Cortho, Keymaster of Gozer. If I'm not mistaken, Vins Gother is the uh key holder. Well he's the one who's uh the actor from Honey Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, this is going so well so far. This <laughs> is so bad. I'm so bad at it. I'm thirty something years old. I don't have a good memory. I don't remember shit, man. No. If I'm not on, if I'm, I'm always on some drugs. So yeah, I've melted away a lot of my brain connections. Well, do you have a fun fact? Which again, if you're a new listener, we have a fun fact before we get started in the main topic. I don't want. Any other podcast, when I think of dabblers, I touch myself. Mm, that's good. Oh. That's my fun fact. No, well, it's a good fun fact, and I believe it, too. That's Yeah. yeah. When yeah. I think of dabblers as a group, I touch myself, but also, you know, there's a few specific ones that I, you know, go back to. Uh, well, my today's fun fact is, are, are you right or left-handed? I'm a righty. I'm a righty, too. Yeah. It's about 90% of the population. Sure. Do you know where the word sinister comes from? Left-handers. Left-handers. Is it because of Lucifer was on the left-hand side of God or something like that? 
It's some mixture of that. So it's just the the Latin word for left is sinistros. Sure. So the uh, the the more European populations took the Latin word for left, sinistros, and said, "Well, anything on the left is sinister." Oh. That's where that comes from because uh, apparently that's um that's a, an idea people have that if you're left-handed, you may be a part of some kind of uh, sorcery or witchcraft. I was going to say, there's a lot of stuff that goes back. I think even my grandmother, in her, my childhood, she was left-handed. They forced her to use her right hand because they're like, no, that's the bad it's, hand. It's a it's dirty hand. It's bad. Yeah. So it's odd, but yeah, it, it is part of like the biblical stuff that God was like, you know, those on my right mm. uh, will we'll live through Judgment Day and, and Jesus is on my right. Yeah. And uh, there's many depictions of Adam and Eve and Eve is always on his left. That evil bitch. Yeah, that bitch who can't not that, eat fruit. That apple-eating whore. Yeah. I'm sick of her. Oh, she oh she sees one snake, and she's like, I have to eat everything now? I'm not going to lie. If a talking snake came up to me and started telling me to do stuff, I'd probably just do it because I was like, oh my god, a talking snake. I'd definitely consider it because I'd, like, yeah. I'd like to keep talking to you. This is fun. This is, this is weird. Yeah. How do you... You don't even have lips, really. Like, how do you... Yeah, this is good. Like, oh, he's not actually saying anything. I'm just really hungry for this apple. <laughs> yeah. Or, or whatever the fruit was. Well, the other the other thing is that uh, the the word for right-handedness or on the right in Latin is dexter, which then in English becomes the word dexterous. Wow, I thought dexterous. Both hands. That's ambidextrous. Oh, that's right. When you can do both. So if you're dexterous, you're right-handed, which means you're, you know, capable. <laughs> okay, nice. Yeah. So there's... Take that third grade math teacher who said I wasn't capable. I'm right-handed, you bitch. Well, it even goes into, I mean, in French, the word for right is droit. And in English, adroit, the word adroit means like able or above average able. Nice. That person is an adroit worker. So then what's is left just like fuck up, asshole S- shit person. Sucks ass. Sinis- sinister evil dickwad. Sucks ass by compulsion, doesn't like it. Yeah. Uh, capable asshole which one are you huh (laughs) yeah well and so what's weird about this right left thing i mean i don't know where it comes from that if you're left-handed it's bad i guess it's just a because there are less people and (laughs) and back then you always just figured if somebody was different obviously it's demons yeah but in the old english uh the old english word for left is lift which just which means weak (laughs) so there's also an indication that there was a bias against these people you don't even lift bro huh (laughs) you You don't even lift? Oh, you, you do lift with the wrong hand. Yeah. You fucking witch. Bitch. Get out of here. So uh, from my uh, looking into this, uh, beyond the fact that they don't know why, scientists, they don't, they don't know why we favor the right. But what's more interesting is we, the only indications are that us human beings and kangaroos are the only animals that there's an indication have a preferred really? hand. Kangaroos do too? Kangaroos have a hand. Huh. Like... If you, if you start boxing a kangaroo, they'll hit you with their dominant hand first. That's fucking funny. Um, other apes, there's no indication, have a preferred hand. Yeah. They just they, they don't, huh? They, they don't know why. It doesn't make even any sense. Like, it is weird that we just have, like... One dominant hand. This one's this one's awesome and can do all sorts of stuff, and this one sucks. This one can't do shit. Well, my left hand oh is my like... God. My left hand is fucking retarded. You ever try writing with your left hand when you're not left-handed? It, you feel dumb. Like, you don't have control. You're like, just do it. Yeah. And, like, some... Because uh, I used to play drums a little bit, 
and that was what my my main handicap was that I couldn't get my left hand to function correctly. Just do it. It's like I'm a shitty drummer because of you. Just get better. Yeah. My right hand has no problem doing anything I tell it to do. Yeah. Well, the indication on that end is that once we became uh, tool users, the first guy or the first group of people who use tools just picked it up with their right hand, and then whoever they taught it to, they're like, pick it up with this hand and use it like this. Like, so it's just like sheer happenstance? Yeah, they don't think there's any real reason for it, because it doesn't have to be the case at all. Well, and the only other thing uh, is that there's actually some sense that left-handed people have slightly higher brain function. Oh, yeah, I've heard that, especially uh, like on the artistic side. Artistic and intellectual. It says that they are their brain is more lateral, or at least the language I saw was less unilateral, or more unilateral. I know what exactly happened now. Less unilateral. See, all these righties saw these lefties being smarter, and were like, we gotta do something about this. Which! Kill them. We'll just fuck them up, and that way we're, we're better, because we're... I just killed a thing that's smarter than me. Just cut his left hand off. And the left, the, what's left is me being the smartest thing here. I mean, that is more in line with how humans act, for sure. Yeah. And we reduce their population down to, there's none left. There's not, there's 10% of the population. Yeah. It's fucking witches. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I don't know if people time should take an official stance, but I don't Maybe we should kill all lefties. <laughs> I don't, you know, just to be safe. Because we're righties. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. To protect the world. Unless you're a dabbler, you get special treatments of not dying. I want to make podcasts great again. Oh, God. Let's get rid of all left-handers. I don't want this on part of our podcast Don't anymore. you remember back when everyone was right-handed and wives did what they were told? <laughs> and lefties had their own neighborhood and I didn't have to interact with them on the bus? This is This is getting... I'm just saying. Yeah, we're going into some crazy, weird metaphor depth. If you follow me, let's go. We're going all the way, dabblers. We're taking this podcast back from the 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 lefties, the leftists. <laughs> this is starting to get confusing now. <laughs> I mixed up my metaphors. <laughs> so that's that's the fun fact. There's well, no reason for us to have a dominant hand. All right, key holder. Are you ready to learn about a specific person in history? Who the hell are we even doing? Now, this person has come up many times in many of our episodes. Yeah. A lot. I was actually going to jot them all down, and I got bored halfway through. And... How many references we've made to this person? Yeah, because we are doing J. Edgar Hoover. Who's that? The Hooves? He's a vacuum he invented inventor. He the vacuum. Yeah. Because he sucks, sucks. so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we've told that joke before. I'll use it again. I don't care. I am not ashamed of regurgitated jokes of my own well, that aren't good in the first place. And I do know, I don't know a lot about him as a guy, but I know about references to him from other episodes. Yep. And often the jokes we make are, weirdo lives with his mom. Dumpy Hoover. Dumpy asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, small, small little penis and... Felt like he needed to try and control the world to make up for that. Anything else? Wore his mom's clothes, but we never judged him for that because, you know, I, I, I guess I don't know where he's at, but if he's transgender, transsexual, transvestite, that's all cool. Do you. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that just sort of added to the mystique of him being kind of a unique character who unfortunately also kind of sucked. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well. Our modern... Oh, the deep state that we have it's probably his fault right yeah 
Yeah, I would say so. I mean, we've talked about him in MLK a lot. He was pretty prominent there. But he's honestly come up in at least a dozen of our episodes, at least in some reference or another, sometimes a little yeah. bit more. But yeah. I would imagine any, pretty much any topic we've done from the 50s to the 60s, he's possibly in it. When you think about it, he was the FBI director for like four or five decades. So Fuck. Yep. And I didn't know that. Yeah. And so he's very involved in a lot of government stuff. We'll go over that. Matter of fact, here's a quick little synopsis. Dumpy old Hoover. J. Edgar Hoover is best known as being the first director of the FBI, um, hmm. the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and remained the director of the FBI for, it was 37 years is what it was. That's still a hell of a long time. Under eight different presidents, and he held that title until he died, which is no longer a thing He never anymore. retired? Never retired. We'll talk about that, too. No, because he can't relinquish control. Yeah. Not with this tiny little dick. I mean, when your dick is so small that you can't even see it in the outline of the dress you're wearing, <laughs> you're going to have some self-esteem issues. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there are some, some dudes who, when they wear women's clothing, you know, they, they're working out. You yeah. Know? It's a hot bitch, like Eddie Izzard. Yeah. It's a good-looking bitch. Sure. I agree. I don't know how... No. Ed, Ed, Edgar... How Ed is going to pull this off. Yeah. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover is... He's a goofy looking guy. We talk about that a lot with a lot of people, but he's got a lot of face. I don't know how else to say it other than that. He just has too much face. He's like a California raisin. <laughs> yeah. He's all good face. I think it's a really good, yeah. <laughs> Less fun than they are. Yeah, not not nearly at all, yeah. <laughs> um, he is credited with pretty much building the FBI from the ground up uh, and instituted many modern forms of police technology, like huh. helping to build a fingerprint database or the fingerprint file. All right. Along with establishing a blacklist against domestic terrorists, which we will later find out is a little bit ironic. Hmm. And helped expand more on forensic laboratories. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Forensics are important. Yeah. I've watched NCIS in a in a hospital waiting room. I mean, I guess the guy can't be completely incompetent. He was there for almost four decades, and people seem dissatisfied with it. I think there's a few people that kind of talk about him in the sense of here's the thing: is he's a very controversial figure, especially if you are if you're alive and were alive back when he was mm. the FBI director. It seems to be that you have a very different feeling about him than the people who came after he died. Yeah, uh, you think he's a, a really good person, and you think he did a lot of great things. But somehow you've neglected all the shit that came out after his death, which is what we're we're going to discuss everything and a lot of the stuff we find out about his really horrible shit that he pulls off. Yeah, it was all found after he died. So oh wow. So if you were around when J Edgar Hoover was in you know office for the FBI director, you thought he was doing great things. He was he was cleaning up the crime and he did he did a lot. And then what comes after is kind of where people say. He was just in office too long. You know, he started out, if he would have retired mm. after 10 years, maybe 20 years, maybe he wouldn't have gone the way he went, where it's just this, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, I'm stoked. Yeah. All right, Dabbler, rev up. Yeah. Get prepared. Take your pants off. I know, I know. I, you're in public or you're at work or whatever. Take them off. Take them off. Get comfortable. Take them off. Um, Just a, something else to kind of bring up, because it's going to kind of come up in the story though hoover claimed to not ever be a part of any political party it was very clear that he was staunchly republican and used his position to repeatedly attack harass and even blackmail the democratic party over many decades dick and even some other party members and government officials in general which we'll kind of get into everybody's got a bias it's like me with left-handers and michiganites the fuck do these people think they are now there's a lot to unpack so strap in okay 
All right. I'm strapped. I'm taking my pants off. Luckily, most of this, the fun stuff is later in his life, and there's really not a lot to go over in his early childhood. So just to kind of give you a quick glimpse, his parents, kind of boring. Mm. Anne-Marie Hoover and his father was Dickerson Naylor Hoover. <laughs> Dickerson's kind of Dick- a funny name. Dickerson. Yeah. <laughs> Dickerson? I barely know her. <laughs> Whoa. That didn't really That's nah, nah, fine. It's good. I... D- Dickerson, I hardly know her, son. I hardly, I hardly know her son. <laughs> Her son. Yeah, I hardly know him. Yeah. But I'll dick her, I guess. They had, <laughs> they had four children, John being the youngest. All right. Yeah. He's that little fucking... Oh, I'm sorry. He's John. Yeah, he's John Edgar Hooper. That's J. Fun. Edgar Hooper. Yeah, because la- uh, last episode was Jay Allen, and he was John, and... I'm probably going to call he him Hoover like... a lot, because, you know, I noticed... Who- hooves. Whenever we do people time episodes, at least on when I'm presenting, I usually call them by their first name. It feels a little more personal. Hoover... Fuck that guy. So well, we start to get familiar with him, and so a first name basis makes sense. Yeah, but some people just suck. He sucks. Yeah. Well, John Edgar Hoover was born on January first of eighteen ninety five in Washington D.C. So eighteen ninety five. That's we're going back. Yeah. If you want kind of a little get your bearings of the timeline when Hoover was born, we have the Wright brothers who are soon going to be inventing the first working airplane. Woo! And actually, Hoover went and saw them when he was really young, like six, seven, eight years old. Hmm. Saw them flying around when they started taking off. He actually got to meet them both. So also during the time frame. Very nice young men. Nikola Tesla has recently invented alternating current systems. So we're coming on the turn of the century where everything's changing. Technology is getting much better. Yes, you can electrocute a dog to death with alternating current. That's not the point I was making. Yeah. That's what Tesla says. Yeah, he didn't uh, execute doggies. He said that's what Tesla said to Edison. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can kill an elephant in public with electricity. It's not really the point, Ed. Yeah, thank you, Thomas. Jesus, Tommy. Uh, uh Wright brothers and Tesla are two episodes that you are encouraged to go listen to if you have not. They're a little bit older. And this kind of come up because it's. A changing of events in Russia. Rasputin is also working his way to the top of the Russian Empire and yeah. World War One. It's still a little ways away, but uh, we're going to start to see the downfall of Russia and then the uprise of communism. Creepy, creepy sex monk. Yeah. With his crusty dick. Yeah. Just giving it the whole Romanov uh, establishment. Yeah. That guy was fucking everybody. Yeah. And I bet his balls stink so bad he just looks dirty. He does. He looks like he smells. Yeah, he, yeah. Even like old black and white pictures, you're like, that guy stinks. You can go listen to one of our episodes with Rasputin, too. It's in there. Yeah. We'll do it. So there isn't too much in uh, Hoover's childhood other than, I mean, what comes up, I guess, for some reason a lot was that he had a stutter and he taught himself to get over that stutter. So cool. There's that. Um, as I was saying, when he was about eight years old, he met the Wright brothers and got to see them fly around. Thought that was a cool experience. That would be fun, man. Those yeah. old little airplanes are basically made out of cardboard. And they flew through the air for no reason at all. Magic. It looked, I bet it felt like magic at the time. I would have thought so, yeah. Yeah. Well, around 1911, when Hoover was a teenager now at this point, he attended Central High School, which was considered to be one of the best public um, high schools in Washington, D.C. at the time. All right. There he was greatly praised for being an exceptional and very hardworking student. Many people like to also note here that he was on the debate team. Nerd. And what he debated against was women's rights to vote. Nerd! Because during this time frame, we also had the most intense part of the movement of the women's suffrage. 
So, of course, that was a topic that came up for them, apparently, in their debate classes. He also debated against abolishing the death penalty. So, it is worth saying that when you're in debate class, you don't always get to pick the topic that yeah, you're you going to debate against. Thing, yeah. Sometimes they let you, sometimes it's just given to you, right? But he seemed to land on the sides that would fit his personality, nonetheless, because we'll find that he seems to be very um, sexist and probably was all about harsh punishment. So, he landed on the right sides, regardless. Great job, Hoops. Yeah. Disenfranchise women, hang minorities. He was, however, well-liked in school. Um, a lot of people considered him to be charming, with a lot of energy, and his school newspaper wrote about him saying that he was, or he had a cool and relentless logic. Ooh. Mm. He paid someone to say that. Yeah. I mean, what else are they going to write about? Just pick that kid over there. I just got to get this done. <laughs> huh? He's cool and relentless. Fucking put it down. That dopey one that was arguing against women's rights? <laughs> right about him. I agree with that, so let's just put him in there. Sounds like he's opinionated. He'll yeah. talk enough. This is great. Fine. Hoover was also a leader of a cadet corps that was an after-school kind of activity. I don't think it's like a legit kind of any real military basis, but it's kind no, of No, but I've those... read about that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm actually in the middle of a book right now about a guy who was, uh, have you ever seen the Band of Brothers HBO series? No. It's fucking phenomenal. I hmm. recommend it. One of the guys in there, his name was Bill Garnier, and he wrote a memoir, and I'm reading it, and he did that. He did like a cadet corps kind of. It's like an after. It's the way he described it was almost like Boy Scouts. Yeah, I think it was like like this is an after school activity, and then like a couple of summer camps. Yeah, where like legit privates come and then teach you cadet shit, where they privates. Privates, privates, uh, teacher cadets, <laughs> uh, and they just do like gun training and I think calisthenics. Yeah, I think yeah. it looks good if you're like trying to get into college. It's like one little stupid activity you can put on there. It's good for good for college. Yeah, good for Bill Garnier because he made sergeant right quick. But from from that, they're like, take him to the top, oh, no. Boy Scouts, huh? <laughs> All right, hold, move aside, sir. Would you like to lead this army to the war? You know, yeah, I think I can handle it. I can tie all the knots. <laughs> yeah. I've shot a bow and arrow once. Yeah, one time. And I almost hit the target. Yeah. Like, mother of God. I gotta Bring him to Eisenhower. <laughs> I can paddle in the canoe, kinda. Kinda. Yeah. I got tired after a minute. But he was seen, uh, because of this, of having some good leadership skills, because he was the leader of the cadet corps in his after-school activity there. This is like a, yeah, like one of those, uh, this kind of seems like an ass-kissing, uh, ambitious kid. Yeah, I think that's probably right on the nose. It's hardworking, wants to get to the end of his goal, and does anything, and probably kisses a lot of ass on the way. Hey, man. So during his teenage years, Washington, D.C. was um, very segregated area. I mean, it's argued that all places are very segregated at this point, but mm. for whatever reason, Washington, D.C. was, like, trying to further segregate. They are trying to, like, come up with new boundaries and laws, and, like, blacks go over here, whites come over here. Innovative racism. Yes. Yeah, they're ahead of the curve. Pretty much. And Hoover apparently greatly agreed with this, stating that a respectable society should be segregated and that an elite society would be all white. So we're starting to get a little bit of a picture of a young teenage Hoover who is sexist. It's great. Who is racist and who likes who's very driven. So those those things together aren't great because you know if you're lazy and you're sexist and you know stay at home. Yeah. Don't bug don't bug anyone. But I mean, if that's basically every Trump supporter. Yeah. They just stayed at home and yelled at the TV. But now we have Facebook, and so we got to hear it. Yeah. You now hear they the never, dumb thoughts. But back then, you just stay home, and you could just, you know, yell at your wife. <laughs> that's yeah, it. That's pretty as much. far as it goes. Yeah. And just have have your, uh, like, black, black woman fetish alone with yourself in the garage. Yeah. Because you know, you know what you're doing. 
And of course, he also doesn't want to abolish, um, you know, the death penalty. So he's hard on criminals. He. All right, buddy. All right. So I don't like him. Seems like one of those young Republican haircut types. I would. Yeah. Got a nice sharp haircut and an opinion about every goddamn thing. I think you're right there. I like the. I already want to. I already want to fight him. Oh, it's gonna get so worse, dude. This this is gonna get crazy. By the way, I probably should have prefaced this. This is gonna get fucking wild. I'm gonna get really riled up. All right, I you are, and this is gonna be fun for me to watch. I'm gonna say that because I, I already did my riled up when I you know got I don't, to. I don't think that's new. I get riled up about pretty much everything. You do. I mean, I'm pretty irascible. <laughs> that's fine, but it's it's reasonable. I get it. I get why you are riled up, and yeah, but I might just. See, I've already been doing this for a couple weeks, and it's been my, my brain's already exploded ten times over. So this fucking guy. Yeah. Well, in 1913, Hoover, when he was about 18 years old, uh, was accepted to attend George Washington University as a law student, and at the same time, he picked up his first job as a it's like a messenger slash librarian working at the Library of Congress. So he like would run things to people back and huh. forth, and would look up shit for people in the library. Well, those huge libraries. Used, that used to be thing. That was where you got information. You would go there for references, yeah. Yeah. It used to be the case that anybody in the country could call the New York library and ask them a question, and they have to go run and find a book and get the answer for yeah. you. Yeah, so something probably like that. That's how they used to do shit. Yeah. Well, Pre, pre-interwebs. Which is kind of cool and fun in its own way. That'd be kind of fun to be like... I know. I wanted to call the New York library, but they don't They do not do it anymore. They don't. They're just like, go to our fucking website. Go to Google. And you're like, well, but come on. Yeah, come on. Make, make a guy work for me. <laughs> for free. I'm not going to pay you. Hey, guy. What's the tallest giraffe? Go. Yeah. Go. I'll be go. back. Oh, God damn it. All right. Hurry. This better not take 10 minutes. I'm writing a paper. No, oh, he's never coming back. <laughs> Well, this job would greatly help shape Hoover's understanding that information was power. Like, this is a huge thing that is going to engulf this entire episode, that information... Because knowledge is power. ...can be used for yourself against others. It can be what helps you make decisions, but on top of that, of kind of how everything works when you have the information to use against other people. You know what's ironic? The first word that comes to my mind about having that mentality is sinister. Yeah. Just being like, the more I know, the more I can conquer. Maybe he was left-handed. I don't know. I bet he was. <laughs> that bitch. And he jerked off with his right hand, which is why he was always so dissatisfied. <laughs> yeah. I need to disenfranchise more brown people. Well, even in his own words, he stated that this job trained me in value of collating material and is what gave me the excellent foundation for my work in the FBI where it was necessary to collate information and evidence. So like, okay, man, it's just like you're, you got the wrong job. Like one little <sighs> tweak and maybe we would have turned something different and we wouldn't have had the scenario that we I are going to end up having. That is the thing is that, yeah, the FBI is like really fucking important. Mm, yeah. As much as I don't agree with everything they do, especially the drug crimes, whatnot, but a federal investigation system is important. So we're going to talk about that too. Cause right. by the way, the FBI is not at this point, it's not even called the FBI, but it's also... It's like almost nothing. The FBI as we know it today is because of Hoover. And we're talking about going from like this kind of desk job worker who doesn't have any power, can't do shit of anything to mm. like, I would argue, at least in Hoover's time frame, maybe more powerful than the U.S. president. Oh, I bet there was a good few years there where he was close to the most powerful person on earth. Oh, he was. Once he had like, he has an army of little agents that went and did his, his, his command. 
Yeah. Dude, we're going to get into all this. Well, while Hoover spent four years in college and obtaining a master's degree in law, he also quickly rose to the positions at his job at the Library of Congress. He supervised, or his supervisor, sorry, stated that he was an excellent worker and a real go-getter. They were very impressed by his work ethic, and he obtained many raises throughout the years of working there. Huh. The next couple of years after that, we're going to see how Hoover's ideology is shaped as a powerful agent of the government because he's a very how-to-get-the-job-done kind of guy. And all these things that are starting to start coming together are going to make sense of what happens later. So, okay, uh, you say he's got a master's degree, so he's probably mid-20s? Yeah, he's like er- early, early, early 20s. Early, early 20s? He got his master's degree when he's about 22 years old. Do we have any indication on his personal life? Is he... Uh... You know, intermixing with the ladies. Doesn't seem like he's ever, as far as I could see, not really dating, not really, maybe social, but not like, I don't know, he's not, it doesn't seem like a party animal of any kind. He seems like it's a very... In the way of my ambitions. Very put your head down and get the job done kind of guy. That's psychotic. Yeah. Any early 20s person who's not looking to get wet, I don't trust him. I don't him. trust him, yeah. I don't trust him. So, yeah, Hooper graduated with his master's law degree. About 22 years old, like I was just saying. He immediately applied to the Justice Department and was hired as a clerk under the Alien Enemy Bureau. Ah, see? X-Files. Is that... No, 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 no not that kind of alien. Oh. Uh, We're bu- talking about immigrations. Bummer. bummer. Yeah. Uh. So, where he would help work on cases of possible suspicious immigrants. And when I say the word suspicious, that's used very loosely. So, brown. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Like, if you have a slight accent, what the f- get out! That is suspicious, ma'am. Yeah. And this would be a job that he would, from this point on, always kind of be working on. When, you know, later when he becomes the director, he kind of always has this on the back burner. It's always like, aliens, immigration, and, you know, other people that aren't white. It's kind of just always there. I remember when America was great. Yeah. He soon after Mm. would get a new position working in the War Emergency Division as a clerk. What makes me mad is how hard my dick gets thinking about them brown ladies. It's unfair to my dick. I think it would be very fair to say that he is super-duper racist and probably wasn't getting hard from anything other than maybe himself being dressed in ladies' clothing. I don't know. I don't know, man. The joke I make is I think a lot of hatred is internalized and then projected. That's actually a good point to bring up. So I think... A lot of people who have these weird feelings about minorities super want to cuddle them and get to know them, but they just fucking can't. Yeah. So, I'm just saying... How do, I even, how do I even approach them? Do I have to also be like... Do I have to be streetwise? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't know how to mac. I don't know, even know what that word means. <laughs> I just want to touch a brown lady. <laughs> Well, after he gets this new position at the War Emergency Division as a clerk, he becomes exempt to the draft because World War One's coming up. Oh, shit. Yep. How does he get exempt? For being in the War Department or the Justice Department? Yep, for being in the War Emergency Division of the Justice Department. So, Pussy. Yeah. From here, he just continues to quickly rise up the ranks and become the head of the Divisions of Alien Enemy Bureau. So, Fuck. Where he first started, he was in that, and then he kind of moved over to the War Department, and then he kind of moves back, but he's the head of the Alien Enemy Bureau. Shit. And, like, this is just, it really is shitty. The Alien Enemy Bureau at this time is just like what we're saying. It's just, everyone seems suspicious. Let's go ahead and track them down, keep files on them. It's probably pretty close to current, uh, what do they call ICE? Immigration... Yeah. I don't know what that stands for, actually. I- immigration criminal... 
enforcement. I don't know what that's it stands what, for. That's what ICE is. There's no ICE is a piece of shit in my opinion so far from everything I've heard. Yeah, they're the ones that go. They're the ones who the most recent major news story about them was riding on horseback and whipping Haitian immigrants oh. from trying to cross the border. Whipping human Jesus beings. Fucking Christ! Th- these are federal employees, so same smothic energy. Who rides a horse and whips a human being? Hoover and his fucking. ilk. The whole reason why that division even exists is because President Woodrow Wilson at the time, during World War One, had decided that they needed this division to be able to watch anyone who might be coming over to the United States and trying to, who knows, whatever their minds were thinking, the, the, the horrific things that they could imagine, which were probably not true. Infiltrate. Yeah. Sort of the same uh, as like putting the Japanese in internment camps type of thing. When the war happens, you yep. go, who can we trust? Yeah. Who's secretly German? That's actually interesting that you bring this up. That's all going to come up later. Yes. Sweet. So at this point in time, this division was allowed and encouraged to arrest and jail foreigners that allegedly were disloyal to the country. And again, disloyal <laughs> is subjective and kind of vague. Yeah. And this is without trial. That was Hoover overheard a dark-skinned man ordering hot mustard on his sandwich. I mean, like, dark mustard, not regular mustard. Yeah. And Hoover was like, the fuck did that guy just... That what? Well, and without trial. Hot mustard. Like this is unconstitutional. I mean, these actions will later be questioned and, and stopped. But Hoover at the time is starting to kind of gain a little bit of, oh, we're allowed to do this. Like fuck habeas corpus. Like awesome. This is great. I can just imprison people. Well, habeas corpus doesn't matter if you're not a citizen. And if he has suspicion you're not a citizen, I think there's still you're, a, you're out. I think it still extends to some point habeas corpus. Even if you're not a citizen, if you come in, you still get a free trial but, or a free trial. A uh, but they can, trial. they can make the argument that the Constitution doesn't uh, count for you if you're not. Yeah. Which is untrue, but they'll make that argument if they jail a person who eats hot mustard. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's called Grey Poupon. <laughs> what did you just say to me, son? Because he doesn't know what Grey Poupon means. Because it sa- it's vaguely sounds foreign. It does. It sounds French. It does get eventually like, okay, no, we, we can't just imprison people. Uh, without trial, so Ho- that does get finally addressed, and they're like, "Okay, we're not going to do that." But anymore. it's not Hoover who's uh... no. Okay, Hoover's yeah. fucking being like, "You're arrested, and you're arrested, and everybody's arrested." <laughs> everybody's arrested. And that's where Oprah got it. If you so actually, know. it's an exciting day, everyone. If you look under your seats, <laughs> you're in jail. <laughs> oh. oh. So uh, two years after this, Hoover would change positions again in the Justice Department. So he's about 24 years old, and. He becomes the head of the General Intelligence Division in the BOI, which is the Bureau of Investigation. So he's moved over from where he was before to the BOI. And this is like an early This is FBI CIA, before FBI. FBI. Cool. Yep. So that was what the FBI was called back then. Well, I'm glad they changed it because nobody wants to work for boy. <laughs> yeah. What up, boy? What up, boys? Actually, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah, that's, that's better than G-Men. Like, yeah. Later on, I'll be like, yeah, boys? The boys came over. <laughs> the boys came over and fucked us up. They, they took, actually, they took all my shit. I'm arrested. I'm going to federal prison. The boys are out. Oh, we got to get inside. They're going to come get us. Oh, the boys are coming. <laughs> Look, you don't want the boys in town. The boys back in town. The boys this, this back is not in good. town. This is not a good song. Ah, uh, fuck. Hide all your good shit. <laughs> <laughs> hide the immigrants that's what they play when they're just coming around their their cars <laughs> their government cars it's their siren <laughs> the boys are back in town get inside all uh, right lock the doors uh, no one's home 
Well, yeah, so he transfers over to BOI. He's Fuck a general boys. general intelligence division. That's what he's heading of. And this is also known as the Radical Division, by the way. So the Radical Division's goal was to monitor and disrupt the work of domestic radicals. And it was newly formed to deal with radical terrorists. So that's why it's kind of also got this nickname of the Radical Division. That's, that's what his job is now as the leader of this. He's like... We gotta find out who all the radicals are. We gotta identify them, and then we gotta disrupt them, or arrest them, or whatever. That's horrifying, man. And he, this is all gonna just kind of keep on. Everything he's learning as he's get, get, going through all these different positions is all going to be basically tools, or at least yeah. something he's done in the past that he's going to then use just as escalate. An FBI. Oh, it's crazy. Because radical. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying anything that nobody else is thinking right now. Yeah. But knowing that this is federal is pretty spooky. Oh, when someone calls you a radical when it's a government agent, they just say those words and then whether it's true or not doesn't matter. Yeah, if a fuckboy says, I believe that you have too much affection for Cuban music, yeah. suddenly I'm I'm a radical. Dude, like And it's not the yeah. cool it's not the w- cool way the way the teenage mutant and turtles Yeah. No, they're throwing me into a to a unnamed prison. Yeah. Shit. And then torturing you and being like, give us names. We need more names. I literally just like Cuban music. Uh-huh, oh, sure. Sure, boy. Where'd you get that Cuban music from anyways? Oh, this lady. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah? She live on your floor? She's Where's she white. At? <laughs> She's white. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll dismiss that then. She just really likes Ricky Ricardo. <laughs> she yeah. has a big crush on him. And who doesn't, to be fair? One guy likes, like, oh, oh no, no. No, I, I only like white men. No, I only like white women. <laughs> you know what? This guy's fucking me up. Let's get out of here. He's me- hey, he's giving me some kind of voodoo. Yeah. He's giving me some kind he's of voodoo. He's a witch. He's a witch. Well, let's, let's drown him. Yeah, hang him. Something. I don't what care. Else, what other choice do we have? Yeah. We'll I s- just like Cuban music. <laughs> That's not what we got out of this. No, we're, our investigation is closed, yeah. sir. Stamped, confidential, fuck you. All right, so let's do an official government uh, drowning. Yeah, drowning. A witch drowning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, official. (laughs) So here's a little bit of background. At this time, the BOI was kind of seen as a joke. Crime rates in the U.S. were high. Police forces were poorly organized. And you also had police corruption going on. You had police strikes that were going on. The public just didn't really see that the U.S. government was really helping with any of this kind of shit. And they thought the BOI itself was like, is corrupt itself and not doing anything to help. So like, cool, it's a joke. And this is kind of where we're starting to get into. 1919, there's a lot of different issues going on with the BOI, which aren't getting solved. So in Chicago, we have the race riots that are going on in 1919, which Uh is also known as the Red Summer, which is not to be confused with red as in Soviets, but it's red as in blood, Uh, because there's a lot of shit going on. If you don't know too much about this, just to kind of give a quick background, World War I ends. And we had a lot of U.S. citizens that were black that went over and right. fought in the war. They came the back. Tuskegee Airmen. That might be World War II. I don't know. I don't remember. But they come back. And, of course, there's all these issues with race in the U.S. A lot of the white army men that came back from World War One, yeah, were afraid that because the black army men were trained well and were trying to push for equal rights, they were going to become a problem and a force they would have to reckon with. And it became... Yeah, fighting and killing between white and black, where the black people had to basically defend their their neighborhoods with guns. They would get up on, like, house roofs and just watch for people that were going to come and attack them, because they would. White people would just come in, and luckily they were trained with guns, and 
Anyways, so that's going on. That's a huge problem. Hey, man. It's not being addressed at the moment. Yeah, I agree with it, though. You also have the KKK who Protect is... Protect yourself. Kill Whitey. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Oh, it's all instigated by the white. Like, you can totally look all this up, and it's a fucking crazy time frame. Mm. Same time frame, Ku Klux Klan has got its second largest installment going on right now, and they went through and, like, lynched 64 different people, which obviously created more racial tension throughout the country. And just a lot of violence in general. Even if you weren't necessarily part of the KKK, if you're just a white person, there's a very good chance that you just sucked. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, blacks should be, you know, we need segregation. We don't like blacks. And you might beat up a black person on the weekend because you're drunk and bored. I don't know. Oh, I bet that was a, a big pastime in a lot of uh, yeah cities in Alabama. Black bashing. Yeah. And whatnot. We also have another weird, interesting thing that I did not know about happening. So one of the biggest concerns was these bombings that were happening in the U.S. by radical anarchists and communists. Mm. So if you haven't heard about this, just this kind of crazy. This is kind of what starts the beginning of the Red Scare in the early 1920s-ish, right? So there was obviously the growing fear that after the Bolsheviks took over in the Russia, mm-hmm. that the U.S. was going to get infiltrated by communism and overthrow our government is, was <laughs> right. the idea i mean, the, <laughs> I mean it's, the, it's the red scare right yeah this this yeah that lasted for so long and it's so bananas for decades and so what happened was there were these guys who were actual you know anarchists and communists that mm-hmm. had been sending bombs through the mail to a lot of people like a lot of different government agents or even politicians senators whatever yeah so they these packages would have a stick of dynamite. Thank you, Alfred Nobel, by the way. You can go listen to that episode. Uh, thank you for the explosion. Yep. And, Nobel. Um, and the Nobel Prize, obviously. But he, yeah. So go listen to that. Less influential. <laughs> yeah. So Less explosive, uh, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the bombs were designed with a cardboard package, stick of dynamite inside, and a vial of sulfuric acid which was fastened next to the blasting caps and if you opened it oh wow on the right end where it said open here because they literally put like open on this end or whatever Mm. if you open it on that end it would release the vial of sulfuric acid which would quickly eat away at the blasting cap causing it to explode you know detonate and basically blow up whoever's holding that shit bummer and one person that opened the package luckily didn't read which side to open it from and opened it on the wrong end and so the vial of acid just dropped outside the wrong end onto the desk or whatever. Mm. And then he continued opening and realized it was a stick of dynamite. I was like, oh shit. Fuck. And took it to the police who then tried to make an announcement of to the post office. Like there's these packages. This is what it looks like. They're going, you know, we've got one. We don't know if there's others. And unfortunately, because they were all kind of mailed the same time frame, a lot of people got the bombs and opened it the correct way where it would, it would explode. So these fuckers were more effective than even uh, the Unabomber. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, early 1919 time frame, and you can get away with mailing bombs and shit. That's true. It's easier to mail bombs. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that anyone actually got killed from these bombs. However, there was like a housekeeper who opened it for her. Like, she, there was a senator that got sent one, and he had a housekeeper, and she opened it up, and it fucking blew her hands off. Ugh, that's awful. There was also another one that was like a state's attorney general who, um, I think his wife got. Or maybe it was a senator. Another senator uh, wife opened up the package for him, and she got bad burns all up her chest and face, and not good. Yeah, dynamite will fuck you up every time I open an Amazon package. Yeah, I, I think senator. Yeah, this is it. this is it. This is the one with the bomb in it. 
Well, after that all happened, there was obviously great concern, and then there was a second bombing attack that then took place soon after and destroyed this guy who was A. Mitchell Palmer's house. And Palmer was an attorney and a politician who served for the United States Attorney General. That's what I was getting mixed up with if he was yeah. a senator or that. No, this is this guy. So, And he was wanting to run for the next presidential race, but here they're trying to attack him. What he decides to do, he's going to get Hoover involved to help figure out what's going on. He's the, he's the, what are they, the head boy? Hoover's, he's in the General Intelligence Division of the BOI. So. He's the Radicals, right? Yeah, so he's he's uh, the Radicals wing of the boys. Yeah, the boy. Right. You're right, yeah. Yeah. So this is what brings up the Palmer Raids, is what they're known as. So Palmer and Hoover plan to raid one of the Union of Russian Workers locations. This is kind of like a party for communism, but, Russian workers. Yeah, Workers Unite type of uh, yeah. unionizing in, uh, attempts. Yeah. So here, in and arrested more than 200 in individuals. This was an attempt to find terrorists who were either trying to make bombs, blow up other people, pass information of hatred or violence, anything like that. They're trying to get whatever they can. Anybody in here have uh, a lot of stamps? <laughs> yeah. Like a lot. Anyone? Enough to maybe mail, uh, I don't know, dynamite? That guy flinched. That guy. Arrest him. Search his stamp collection. Yeah, it smells like nitroglycerin in here, am I right? I could smell it on you. Mm, you all smell Russian. <laughs> Arrest them all. Yeah. That's just the vodka. So they're just trying... <laughs> That's flammable. Well, I'll take a shot, but get in the police van. Sad. So the whole point is they're trying to stop bomb attacks and anyone trying to conspire against overthrowing the U.S. government. That's the idea. I mean... <sighs> well... Be just labeling people as a radical and then taking litigious action against them is is a. Uh, I'm is, glad you're bringing that up. Certainly troubling, but in this case, yeah, yeah, the bombs are being mailed. You know, there's an agenda to it. You you gotta look into it. You gotta look into it, but where's the line? You know, who are you arresting, and are they involved at all? Arrest every Russian <laughs> and their cousins. Sure. Beat them. Aren't their cousins Russian? Yeah, you know, I'm not going to ask questions. I'm sorry. They're significant others' cousins, just to be safe. Right. And then beat them. No, that's, I mean, that is a good question. I don't know where the line is because, uh... I think it has to do with, like, what are you arresting them for? If Do you have the, actually any hard evidence? Because this is going to come up, so... Okay, so, like, do you have leftist pamphlets in your house, or are you just Russian? Sort of the Lee Harvey Oswald question, too. Hmm. Are you weird, or are you a radical? Yeah. Did you kill the president? Were you, who, what's the grassy knoll? Who's on third? See, th this is it's hard to be a boy. It is hard to be a boy. <laughs> it's hard. So a few weeks later, after all of this happens, Palmer and Hoover raided another location. This is the Union of Russian Workers headquarters, where they found a false wall that was covering up a bomb that's, making factory. That's never good. And they arrested and interrogated everyone there. They apparently roughed them up quite a bit both in the initial raid and later when they were questioning them to try to get as much information and answers as they could. So, yeah, if you weren't wanting to talk, you might have gotten your jaw broken. I don't know. Maybe you should talk mm. while you still can. Yikes. Yeah, so that's kind of the idea of what they were doing. Palmer, or a false wall. Yeah, no, there's definitely a reason pretty, for that, of course. Pretty, right? pretty awesome, though, right? Doesn't everybody false want one wall. of those? I want one in my house. We'll build one for the bunker. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so they did at least catch, you know, where they think that they were making the bombs. There's a good chance that's exactly where it was and mm. got a lot of people and a lot of information. However, roughing them up was not necessarily a great way of going about it because they did 
arrest a lot of people that might not have been a part of that. Palmer did try to get most of these immigrants to be cast out of the U.S., to be deported. And, and these of, are Russians? Yeah, a lot of them are Russians, okay. yeah. And the funny thing is most of these guys don't even get deported because they found the false wall, and if you can link that to exactly who was involved in that, fine, yeah, you can deport them. But he was trying to like deport like 500 people, essentially. <laughs> oh, and the person who was in charge of signing off on deportations was like, you need more evidence. Like, you need to, like, have a direct people. So there was a couple people that got yeah, deported. A, f- a false wall is not always a sign of anything serious. Well, a false wall and the bomb making behind it is probably enough to be able to deport someone. And if you could say, like, that they were making bombs illegally with materials that they shouldn't have, fine. But who is exactly involved? Is it every single person that was in that building? Is it people that were outside of the building that are just hired to, like, clean up? Is it people that, yeah. you know, did everyone in the building know about that or is it just like five guy operation i I wish we had a fingerprint database yep wonder how useful that would be yeah because you know sometimes a false wall is like in the simpsons where it's just the room full of porn and then other times it's uh it's a staircase and Anne frank is behind there yeah you know what i mean false wall can mean a lot of different things can well, in this scenario, it gets worse. This is where you start to see that Hoover and Palmer start to kind of go a little bit too far with it because for the next few months, they're trying to hunt down any possible radicals and between somewhere between 3,000 and 10,000 individuals are arrested in over 30 cities. Yes. They just went crazy. Like, if, if someone said a name, go arrest them. And so people are just getting arrested who have no idea what's going on. If you had an accent, you might have gotten arrested. Wow. That's exactly what we are talking about before. Like, and... Most of them got off like, you have nothing on this person. This person was just some random person that someone said, oh, they got a Russian accent. And so you went and arrested them. And there's no ties to anything. Not even communism. Like, let them go. I mean, just like a, an Eastern European accent. Yeah. And you're in jail. Pretty much. And then every now and then, like a Jamaican guy, they're like, well, he has an accent. So we're, we, we want to bring him in to be sure. Well, and most of them were found, most of these arrests were found to be, there was nothing illegal that these people had done. Yeah. You might have gotten some of the people that were making bombs behind a false wall. Sweet. You got a couple extras because you weren't sure if they were part of it or not. But now you're just going around the whole entire country and be like, arrest that guy who <laughs> might be Russian. Arrest that guy who no, is Russian. No, I'm Czechoslovakian. What did you call my wife? Oh, you fucking bastard. Tie him down. I don't usually like to swear in front of the Lord, but in this case. But gosh darn it. I'm going to make an exception. What did you say about I don't about think you will my... think it's too bad if I beat you. <laughs> I hope you don't mind. I'm going to take my belt off <laughs> for the Constitution. <laughs> if, you don't... <laughs> if you don't mind. I'm Czechoslovakian! <laughs> he said it again. Said, what did you say about my wife? <laughs> Keep saying it, John. Hit him harder. Hit him harder. All right, Czechoslovakia fucker. Cut me a switch. But it's funny that we make that joke because literally someone wrote in all of these kind of reports that some people were guilty of nothing more than having an accent. It's literally like people are like, you got to calm down. You can't just go around arresting people for no reason. <laughs> you know what, You talk funny? Off to jail. Like, you can't do that. One guy's like, I'm from Ontario. <laughs> I don't know enough about it. What'd you say? Call me a butt? What? No, I don't know enough of boot American culture. Boot? I can't understand this fuck. Saying boot or boat or what's he talking about? All right, tie him next to the, the Czechoslovakian corpse. Oh, he's got a jelly donut. I'm going to take that and eat that. Oh, lovely. While this I is, arrest you. This is a Tim Hortons? Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I love these communists. 
<laughs> now he's speaking French at me. Oh, okay. Oh, now we're, we're definitely tying this one down. I can't figure him out. He's got to be an agent. He knows too many languages. He would have to be a double agent. He speaks French, too. <laughs> um, he, he knows a lot about the band Rush. What kind of, what kind of <laughs> double agent? Fly by night away from here. Stop it. He's a triple agent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so to make things briefly worse with the Red Scare situation, Palmer would then claim not only success of these raids, even though most of the people they arrested were not guilty of anything, but that there were still more than 300,000 dangerous communists inside the United States. Now, where he got this number, I think it's completely made up. From his ass. Yeah. I honestly he just think... shit that number out. Yeah, but there's two good reasons for him to make, a, make this scare up and to make this number up. One, uh, to help build a case and to provide more funding to the BOI so that way they could try to investigate more people and make it look like they're doing stuff. But also because if you add extremes and threats of these possibilities, you kind of gain public trust. And again, he's trying to run for president. Yeah. So he's trying to make it look like he's the tough on crime. I'm going to go get these Russian bastards who are trying to infiltrate. You know, he created the problem that didn't. I mean, there was a problem that existed, but he's I guess, trying yeah, to. That, I guess that is the question. Like, at what point is he overly ambitious and doesn't understand the problem? Or how much of it is he making up a problem for it's that one for points because after this point there's not really any issues yes we we can all agree there was a bombing going on by some small group of people at least yeah and so that's are you, concerning are you, are you telling me that when donald trump said there's a lot of bad hombres he was just making that up yeah for cred i'm pretty sure yeah that guy just lies out of his ass 99.99 percent of the time <sighs> If he's ever saying anything truthful, it's by pure accident. I'm going to need to process this. Yeah. Is he dead yet? Uh, no. Hopefully sometime soon, though. I would like I would like Not to say... Not that that's a threat. Not that that's a threat, <laughs> FBI agent that's listening to this right now. Jesus Christ. Hey, Secret Service, get off this channel. I'm just wishful thinking. There's nothing wrong with that. I am going to go ahead and say that... anything. When Donald Trump drops dead from natural causes... Of course. People Time's going to have a little celebration. Yeah, we're going to pop the corks and... Well, we're going to do a whole episode about him, but all it's going to be is 45 minutes of us <laughs> farting into the microphone. Yeah. Donald Trump. <laughs> ah. That's what you get. All right. This is actually what you deserve. Episode's over. Well, that was really fruitful. Well, the funny thing is, is even though he's trying to build up this whole entire scare of like, there's 300,000 communists in our country, it turns out that he actually falls out of the grace of the public because news outlets start to talk about how they were raiding people and beating the shit out of them and then interrogating them and beating the shit out of them and that didn't look super great to the public. Yeah, America can be racist, but you get thousands of innocent people getting beaten, everyone's going to be upset. Yeah, especially when a lot of them come out to be guilty of nothing. So I guess most people were like, cool, tough on crime, but now you're tough on too, citizens or tough, tough on people that are innocent. So yeah, yeah tough he did, on crime. He does not become president. Um, oh yeah yeah with the uh, all these different raids that they did though hoover was collecting a lot of data on thousands of people and monitoring them that were you know oh, he would sucks. be deeming possible communists or suspicious germans living in the u.s so you're starting to see that this is also something that's going to be part of his normal repertoire of tools and techniques is He's mm. learning to do this kind of thing. So now... He's got... Of all the people they arrested, he got names, addresses... Of other close people. associates. Yep. Yikes. And keeping a file on all of them. Mm, I need to 
I need a database. Um, Hoover also targeted many others that he considered to be radicals, even in the government positions, and stated that uh, one man, Felix Frankfurter, was the most dangerous man in the United States, claiming that Felix was spreading Bolshevik propaganda. And Felix was a big-time lawyer at the time who really was just calling out against Palm, the Palmer raids. He was like, you guys can't just go in it. You have to have warrants. You have to have... Yeah. You can't just do whatever you feel like and arrest everybody. That... Oh, I can't? Frankfurter? And he claimed that these raids were completely illegal, which, I mean, is true. They, they arrest a lot of people for no reason. And so Felix Hoover was calling him out because he didn't like that Felix was tattling on them and, and pointing out, like, this is not correct. So he made up yeah. a lie and was like, he's the most dangerous man in, in the U.S. and we don't like him and started keeping tabs on him, which we'll find he does with other government officials. Or, Having him followed? Oh, yeah, all kinds of shit. Dude, it's going to get wild. Waste of resources. Felix actually ends up becoming a Supreme Court judge later on. So, hey. I mean, it couldn't have been that bad. I don't and know. they call him Judge Hot Dog? Justice Hot Dog? I have no idea. Yeah, I hope so. Why, why Justice Hot Dog? Frankfurter. Oh, it's I'm slow, you see. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Frankfurter. I didn't try that hard. He probably also, you know, Hoover's like, that's the last name that doesn't sound American to me. He's like, it means hot dog! <laughs> oh, I love hot dogs. Oh, oh I'm conflicted. Fuck, shit. So this is how Hoover starts his lists, which we will get into. What a weird... Yeah, yeah. I was just. It sounds like he's a little bit obsessive. Obsessive-compulsive. Yeah, I'd about... say so controlling the narrative yes oh the oh my god like a marionetter more than you know not an asshole until we get done with this episode you'll see more what he needs is to get laid <laughs> yeah that is what happens probably all he needs well at least not for now it doesn't seem like it's happening for so like a hot latin lady or dude he might have been gay actually that we too a hot latin dude and we'll get into i that just too. mean that spiciness that uh some of the Latinx spiciness. Yeah. He just needs to spread it all over him, his genitals. <laughs> That's what he needs. Sure. Ricky well, Ricardo to come play the play the uh, the bongos on his ass. It's like this ass is lopsided though. I don't like it. No, <laughs> one of these drums is off. Yeah. Got uh, it. I'm going to take off. He's like, eh, you're going to jail. <laughs> Arrest everyone. <laughs> Well, Hoover, uh, also around this time frame, just for a fun fact, it doesn't really mean anything, but he became a Freemason, and he's a Freemason for the rest of his life, so... Illuminati. There you go. There's that. Illuminati. Yeah. There's going to be some uh, some conspiracy theories look based at, around him. Look at the dollar bill. <laughs> it's green, too. And, and, the moon, and the moon landing. Yeah. And Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift? Yeah. And Elmo. Look, piece it together, Susan. So, in uh, 1921... When Hoover's about 26 years old, he's made deputy head of the BOI. So he's now up there. He's second in command, I believe, is what that is. Damn. And from here, we get into a very interesting story of how Hoover became the director of BOI. And he's still pretty young. Yeah, he's 26. Wow. Yeah. And this requires a bit of background with what is known as the Teapot Dome Scandal. Teapot Dome? Yeah, have you ever heard of the Teapot Dome Scandal? Oh, Teapot Dome. dome. No. So most people, I would say, in our generation probably don't know. I didn't know, at least. No. The Teapot Dome scandal really is kind of one of those things that's now just brushed aside. It was basically the Watergate scandal of its time. Huh. And then when Watergate scandal came in, it kind of just brushed that one away because it was the new, hotter, yeah. sexier thing. Ooh, the hotter scandal. And then uh, Bill Clinton jerked off on a young woman's dress. Yeah. And now that's the thing. Nice. Okay. It's strange. That really happened? 
Yeah, he jerked off onto Monica Lewinsky's dress. Oh, I thought this was like... And they presented it as evidence at his perjury trial. They did? Yeah. Oh. His cum stain How did I, I, was in court. Well, Bill might need to die so we can do a people's time, because I don't know all the proceedings that happened with his... Yeah. I, I just thought he was getting blowies. scintillating. I didn't know there was semen on her dress. Yeah. He also shoved a cigar in her pussy. For real? But yeah, why? But I should say, she she was super into it. Was it lit? I mean, she said, no. <laughs> I don't know how, it's already she, getting crazy, so. She has said since that she was like, no, I was like really into my relationship with Bill, so let's not, let's mm. not talk about those sad, scary words, but those are also things that did happen. Yeah, I don't know that much about the, uh, I just know that obviously that it happened, it was proven, and. Uh, Pretty fun. Yeah. Real, real illuminating and, stuff. Well, so I'll give you a little bit of what the teapot dome scandal was because it's fucking crazy. Also, if you don't know about the Watergate scandal, go listen to Richard Nixon, our episode on Richard. There's like a whole bunch about it. Yeah. So the teapot scandal, the teapot dome scandal is considered the biggest political scandal Hmm. uh, of its time. This involves the current president of this time, which is Warren G. Harding, who is now often considered to be the worst U.S. president ever. Most corrupt, I've heard for sure. Yes. So cronyism and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's a very good. Yeah, you know, I did not know any of this about this guy. I've watched YouTube. Oh, you get a good education from YouTube, isn't it? It's true. Harding became president, and he committed a huge act of cronyism, as you were saying, uh, by appointing all of his friends and associates to cabinet positions, despite yeah. them not really having any kind of qualifications at all. Some of them were like blackmailing or extorting him to get those positions, etc. Yeah. Kind of thing. You see, you already know about all this stuff. Warren C. Dickbag. Yeah. <laughs> I nailed him. Mm-hmm. I showed him. We're going to be able to get through this quickly because of just, you already know this stuff. I only know those few words that I said. I don't know anything. <laughs> well, well, you're right. A lot of them were abusing their power. They were using it for self-gain. A lot of it was extortion. Yeah. And it's a lot of like his golfing buddies or whatever, and they right. were just like bad. They were just they were just bad hombres. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were bad apples. Yeah. So one of these men is Albert Fall, um, who became the Secretary of Interior. I'm sure he had no idea how to do the job. He was just like, sweet, I've got power. The interior? I've been inside before. I can handle this. And he set his sights on an oil field called the Teapot Dome. This was a oil field that was owned by the government. It's a and weird name. Yeah, it's because the, the Teapot Dome... It was a rock out there. It was a really big kind of rock that was shaped like a teapot. Okay. So it kind of got a, that's why it got its name. And there was a big oil field in that area. There's actually a couple of oil fields that he sets his eyes on. And the whole point of this is that he wants to take control of these oil fields that are owned by the government currently being controlled by the Navy. For some reason, I have no idea why the Navy is controlling them. Oh, I want that. Yep. So he has Harding, his good buddy, sign over the oil fields to him. And then all of a sudden he becomes extremely rich, and people start wondering how he became so rich. Hmm. And they investigate, and they find out that, yeah, he was supposed to put it out there for bidding of companies to get these oil fields. Yeah. These various oil fields, including the Teapot Dome. Because the government doesn't own operating oil fields. They're trying to sell it for the for the capital. Yes. But instead, what ended up happening, what was found, was that he was taking huge bribes from Sinclair Oil Company and Pan American Petroleum Hmm. that were giving him millions of dollars to give them the contracts, (laughs) rather than making it fair where everybody could come in for the contracts. 
And yeah, he did that and he got found guilty, charged. And he's actually the very first, what would you call him? He's the very first. Yeah, I guess like somebody, he's the first U.S., uh, let's say, uh, high up employee. Cabinet member, at least. Well, there you go. Yeah, he's the Cabinet first. member found guilty of, uh, of, of what was it, fraud and. Yeah, he got charged with, I think, multiple things. Uh, Racketeering. Con- conspiracy, bribery. Yeah, I think those are the big ones that he got All the good with. stuff. I mean, the guy made like. Arson. Um, anal sex, it was consensual, but still illegal at the time. Yeah. You know? So, why does this have to do anything with Hoover? Well, during all of this, while the entire cabinet is actually now being investigated under the U.S. president right now. Yeah. There were some part where William J. Burns, who was the current director of the BOI, might have been involved. Uh-oh. And it seems like he was at least maybe indirectly. For some reason, he was just like, people could hire government agents to go do stuff and someone hired his government agents to try to maybe intimidate witnesses or that had to do with the teapot thing or to not maybe not witnesses but the prosecutors and stuff or like the jury yeah so he basically sold people agents to go do something that he was unaware of according to him that were going to be used against this specific case this is some this is some mobster shit yeah and i think honestly also, they just didn't, like, whether it was true or not, they didn't want people looking at the BOI under more bad light, so they just let him go, which made Hoover the new director of the BOI. Oh, how useful. So that's how that all came about. It's kind of weird. A scandal goes down, and he rises up. And it's because the president was so bottomlessly corrupt. Yeah. Um, corruption like rust, you know, grows and corrodes. Yeah. It's beautiful. And uh, our our guy there slipped his way in. Yeah, he's like the CLR. What is that shit called? <clears throat> CLR? Yeah. Yeah, the... the he just slips through. The, all or, the, or WD-40. Yeah, sure, he makes it squeaky slides, clean. Slides right in there. No more squeaky. Right through. Well, the door was creaky in, <laughs> to the government. Right. And he said, let me smooth it out. That makes sense. Because the president was Warren C hardly lawful <laughs> yeah so he's like i'll spray this door up yeah we'll make it and and my door is always open by the way if you yeah, need me but i'm gonna clo- i'm gonna close it for now without squeaks because of the because 40 because i am <laughs> lubricant and i'm just gonna glue this all together so it fits better warren c hardly qualified <laughs> he just he kept on with that I'm gonna, joke i'm gonna clean this up i'm just gonna hooper my way through <laughs> suck up all this bad and they were like, "This is so bad. <laughs> I'm so bad. Oh, this is this is great. We yeah, we should, yours were nice. I we liked should get yours. a comedian award. Okay, for, for our improv. Yeah, we just yes anded to death. <laughs> would you be Would you be surprised if I told you I'm taking current classes for it? You would not think I am, but I am. Are you taking improv classes? Yeah, that's fun. Like in person. Yeah, I bet improv classes are fun though. Do you always pull out a gun? Yeah, I've had a whole bunch of people ask about that. Yeah. Uh, the only reference we have because we're not very well educated <laughs> people <laughs> who's lying so anyways <laughs> i love that you don't even make a joke you just say the name of the show <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, who's lying who, who's lying so there you go so, <laughs> so a, words have you met wayne brady yet not yet cool maybe he's, one day he's good <laughs> he's a good he's good yeah so <laughs> I think you'll probably be pretty good. 
Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Pro- probably. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say the word jokes. It's gonna be real fun. <laughs> <laughs> And this is what I do with the improv, I'll, and nobody laughs. I'll, I'll lose it. <laughs> yeah, I think our shit is a different medium than, like, what's actually considered comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely just strange. I think it's... I think we think it's funny, and that's good. It's fine. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Honestly, the dabblers are fine with it. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's gonna be so... fun. <laughs> so... Anyways, in 1924, at the age of 29, J. Edgar Hoover was appointed the director of BOI, the head of that position, that department, that head boy. Yeah, head boy. He's the head boy. He's good call. Yeah. He wears little short shorts and it's cute. Wear a little bow tie. He's the head boy. Yeah. The first thing that Hoover did. I'm the boy. After being this new, given this new top position at the BOI is he fires all the females of the BOI. All female agents are to be fired, and there's a banning to not let them be hired ever again. Because well, sexism. I mean, to be fair, they're not boys. Yeah. What, are we it's called, a, are we called bo- girls? It's a boys club. No, we're called boy. Yeah, I guess that's true. <sighs> yeah. I I debated in high school against women's rights. Get out, you're fired. What? Are you, what is there any... Uh, quote from him justifying this, or is it just straight up? I mean, we didn't know why he did it. Well, we don't have Nellie Bly around to be able to help out to investigate this. By the way, you can go listen to Nellie Bly one of our episodes. Well, in this, what? Where is she at this point? Uh, she, she's dead. Oh, I was thinking earlier. Yeah, that's right. Because I like was a couple of years ago, she died. I was hoping. Point. Yeah, that's right. Because her, like, uh, when she was institutionalized, was still the nineteenth, like early eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, early, uh, late eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. I was hoping she'd still be in there. So then I could make the joke that, like, oh, he made me crazy. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, but she's dead, so the jo- I shouldn't have told the... I think she like died, like, three or four years before he becomes head BOI. Yeah. So, well, besides sexism. Pretty much. Fun. I mean, we'll go into a little bit, I guess. But besides firing all women, he also would just fire people <laughs> with his reasons being that they looked like a stupid truck driver or that he considered them to be pinheads. So he would just walk around the office of hundreds of people and be like, woman, you're fired. You? Yeah, you with a stupid, gross-looking face. You're fired. Like, at least he's specific. Yeah. You know. Pack your things, Get it. take your ugly face, and get out of here. Yikes. So, yeah, he just fired a lot of people. Now, he would say that, I guess, his whole point was he was trying to clean it up because there was corruption. There was a lot of, I don't know, negligence in people's jobs. And that was his take on it. But, I mean, he literally fired every single woman. Like, just... Well. Mm, for what you know, it wasn't like he kept some on. They're like, oh yeah, these are the ones that I think are. I mean, for one, inherently in general, their arms are weaker than men's. Sure. And once a I month guess. they bleed. Have you seen my arms? I've got pretty weak arms. I don't think they're weak. You're just thin. Oh, thanks. That's super nice. That's that's one way to put it. But if you were a woman, <sighs> well, they got smaller brains. That's a scientific fact, a scientific... sir. No, it's a scientific fact. Their, their heads are smaller than Scientific. my head, okay? Yeah. Especially me, J. Edgar Hoover, who's got way too much face. Yeah. I've got a big head. I'm all face. Yeah. Yeah. So big and brain. A, and a little brain. Well, I think I have a big brain. Yeah. But it's made out of raisins. Yeah. So any any women, get out. <laughs> yeah. So that was his reasoning. He was saying there was, he was trying to get rid of corruption. Uh, nah, he just doesn't, he just doesn't like females. He also ends up 
having very strict rules uh, to keep track of his agents and their conduct. This is kind of one of the better things he does do is that because there was corruption and after he fired a bunch of people, he then puts everybody kind of under a leash, um, a tight leash. He doesn't let people do whatever they want to do. He, he doesn't like they're not supposed to just go investigate on their own anymore. It's now him. He decides if you investigate when, what, I want reports back. I'm the head boy. I get all the information. So, tyrant. Yeah. Just tyrannical, woman-hating, uh, what have you. Yeah. Racist. Yeah, that's sort of a given, I guess. Okay, we are going to get into some things that are actually kind of good that Hoover did. And this is where some people will point to whenever they're trying to defend Hoover. If you were talking to them, they're like, he was a terrible person. This is the things that they will point to. He was good at wiping his ass. While neglecting, you know, all the other stuff we'll discuss soon. Neglecting his taint. His taint was always crusty. Yeah. He was bad. He was a bad wiper. Yeah. He was a bad wiper. Get a bidet, man. Get a bidet, man. Today. Today. Hey, get People Time brand bidets today. Uh, available exclusively on our OnlyFans. With Hoover, at this point, for the next few years, he's going to build the BOI into an actual respectable agency that the public trusts and can count on. Yeah, real boys. So, to do this, he needed to help law enforcement across the country. In the same year as becoming director, he's about 29 years old, by the way, Hoover establishes the fingerprint file, which became the world's largest database for oh. fingerprints and to keep track and information of people that they would need to. You know, This would help out in a lot of ways. If someone had committed a crime in New York and then traveled to a different state yeah. and committed a crime before, they didn't have the record of, well, this guy's wanted in New York. Right. So this kind of not like a federal database. Yeah. Yeah. So this kind of helps bring everybody in the nation, all the different police yeah. departments together to be able to go, oh, this guy's actually wanted somewhere else. Like he's got multiple charges against him. Perfect. We can now cross reference these things and take a look. Everybody runs a little bit smoother that way. Do you know what I think is a missed opportunity though? Hmm. Fingerprints are specific, but it's easy to mix them up. I was gonna say that for the most part. Well, and I've I've also read that like human fingerprints can be mixed up with koala fingerprints. Oh, for real? I didn't know that. Yeah, like a lot of marsupials and apes have the similar uh, skin formation that we do. Sure. So there's a missed opportunity there. We should have investigated other more <laughs> identifying things. Mm-hmm. Footprints, taint prints, tongue prints. These are all great ideas. Dick prints. Mm-hmm. The way you pronounce mayonnaise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that'd be good. I just think, you know, I think that they they found one thing. They're like, oh, everybody touches everything. But, maybe, you know. We need more. Did he sit down? Taint print. I think, and I, and I don't know the exact percentage, but I think fingerprints are all actually only like 80% accurate. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a lot less than I remember, like, when they when I found out whatever the number was. I was like, really? It's only that? I thought it was like, I thought it was like 99% accurate. I don't think so, man. It's not. No. I should note, though, that this is also a way of identifying people for sensitive information because they would keep track of certain things when you get your fingerprints and stuff that mm. if you wanted to harass somebody and wanted information, if they were ever, say, in their past, done something illegal or wrong when they were younger, this is a good way to bring up something to use against them if you wanted to. This is your file. Yeah. Well, Hoover also established a scientific crime detection laboratory, which would be forensics basically where people could send in evidence or different types of things that they were investigating in their crime to be able to scientifically break down and get better information to send back so okay if we found 
Maybe, like, not right now, but later on, like, DNA. Okay, we have got a database for DNA, and we can... It took us a have, long time to get there. Yeah, we have scientists who can look that up. But that's basically the starting point as he starts to get laboratories up and going for the nation was for this, different police forces to use. Do you know if this was his idea, or is this an idea that he just signed on to? Because it's a pretty clever idea to start collecting some sort of a signifier. I, I actually tried to look this up to see if it was his original brainchild, and I couldn't find anything other than he's just accredited with it because he might have had someone pass him that information and he was able to be like, this could be used for... Controlling the population. Yeah, or at least helping the police forces across the nation. This would be something... So I don't know if he actually came up with it and pushed it through or if it just kind of got passed along to him and he was like, yep, and then I agree with that. Let's go ahead and get that going. But it was at least his interest in it that made it as established as yes. it is now. Yes, yeah. yeah. That's something that we can kind of give credit to. Well, so from here, we're going to jump in a couple of years ahead into the early 1930s, because this gets kind of fun. So during the 30s, there were many criminal gangs committing all different kinds of crime. But the big one that Hoover wanted to go after were all these bank robbing gangs and all these kind of higher profile criminals. You wouldn't, you couldn't possibly talking about maybe a John Dillinger Ooh. or a Bugsy Siegel, could you? Yeah, you're right. We've done uh, episodes on these people, and they are going to come up right now. Be interesting if that were if it you know if our own show advertised our own show. That'd be interesting. Yeah, we don't ever do that. No, we would never. But check out John Dillinger and Muggsy and Bugsy Siegel. Especially call him Bugsy because he hated it. He hated it. Yeah, he didn't like being called. Bugging out. I'm, I'm bugging out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is product integration. These were guys that had like superior firepower and were going around blasting people away, robbing banks, uh, fast getaway cars that Being were all sexy in their suits with their Tommy gun. Yeah, yeah. So this would involve certain people like Machine Gun Kelly, George Kelly Barnes. Was his name? Yeah, not to be confused with the shit rapper. I was about to say. <laughs> that guy yeah. fucking sucks. Yeah. I'm a big rap fan, man. That guy sucks. Yeah. Oh, speaking of uh, Happy Doomsday. What? It's Doomsday. Why? Because uh, MF Doom died uh, on Halloween last year. Oh, I think we remember talking about this on one of our episodes. Yeah, I'm a big Doom guy. Yeah. So uh, uh, to all the to all the Doom heads out there. Halloween is now doomsday, and we're all going to get together and put our masks on and see which one of us can rap accordion better. Mm, okay. I'm not drunk at all. <laughs> I haven't been drunk for half the day either. <laughs> what are you talking about? So Machine Gun Kelly had committed a bunch of smaller crimes for a while, but what got Hoover's attention onto him was that he, Machine Gun Kelly, decided to kidnap a business tycoon named Charles Frederick Yorschel. I don't know how to say his last name. Yeah. But he demanded a ransom of $200,000, which Horse is shell. about $4 million in today's money. How much was he asking then? 200000 Huh. All right. The ransom was paid to Machine Gun Kelly, who then released Charles Yorschel. Hey, that's a clean gangster right there, man. Right? Okay. Do the ransom, get the money, call it, release him. However, Charles, the business tycoon, the oil tycoon was able to provide a lot of key evidence and information to Hoover and his G-men, which was the nickname that was given to Hoover's, their government men, their G-men. G-men, yeah. Yeah, so he gave them a bunch of that information, which led them to be able to track down Machine Gun Kelly and arrest him. So he, he tied me up, but he just kept me in his kitchen where they have all their gangster meetings. Yeah. They just kept saying their address over and over kept again. shouting out, like, here at... Machine Gun Kelly's like, wife's parents' house in Texas. Hey, Babyface Malone, whose federal name is Thomas Malone, <laughs> did you commit that 
arson that we all said? Oh, yeah, on July 14th, that's right. I was there shooting people in the face. And it was weird. They just... Is someone recording this just so we can replay this later for other meetings? Hey, Charles, will Some you hold on to this tape for me <laughs> that is a record of our meeting? And then he just let me go. <laughs> I think he forgot. I don't know. Seems like this guy might be a shitty rapper. Well, the funny thing is, is they catch Machine Gun Kelly. However, this was supposed to be a big win for Hoover and the BOI as being like, look, we're doing stuff. But it was quickly overshadowed from another event because during the exact same time frame, Hoover had been trying to track down John Dillinger and yeah. his gang, which, as we've stated, we have an episode on. Yep. And they had originally caught John Dillinger and nine of his gang members and put them in jail. But the same night that the BOA caught and arrested Machine Gun Kelly, John Dillinger and all nine of his gang members had escaped jail. And that's what, what made the headlines. Not that the BOI had caught Machine Gun Kelly. I am sorry that John Dillinger is a murderer, because that guy is a fucking pimp. We don't know if he murdered. He might have shot one person. He's a fucking pimp. But he robbed like 24 fucking banks. I love him. Yeah, everybody else did too at the time. He was like Fuck a celebrity. Yeah. If you remember, this is the actual time where he was in jail and he took a, it was either a wooden chair leg and carved it into a gun or he somehow got past a gun. According to the FBI, yeah. it was a chair leg that he had fashioned to make it look like a gun. And told the guard to open up or he'll shoot. And that's it, how they escaped. It would be embarrassing for the guard if it was a fake gun, even though it probably was. Yeah. And it would be embarrassing to the FBI if they were sneaking guns into yeah. the prison. So That the prison was not as well guarded as they thought. Yeah. Because what? they were supposed to be helping making sure that those kind of establishments were well yes. secure. Had the, had the reputation that they wanted to have behind it. Yes. What they forgot... Was it good old Johnny? Is a fucking pimp. He was a national celebrity. Like, people actually liked him. God. Yeah. Not. And he was a total babe, let's be honest. He's a good looking guy. Yeah. All of this is the opposite of Bugsy Siegel. <laughs> yeah. That guy is a weird, bug faced, uh, strange man. Yeah. Rapist. Hoover didn't murder Bugsy. I think he might have been a touch earlier. I don't remember all the dates on that. Well, Bugsy was a part of the mafia, which is a little bit different. And we'll get into mafia versus. Yeah, he was folk. Uh, uh, Cosa Nostra, and, and I, I think it was hard to pin anything on those dudes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about that. And he got murked anyway for fucking around, so it's he his own shot fault. in the eyeball. Idiot. Yeah. Though, I'm, I'm bugging out on being an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go create Las Vegas. See you later. Okay, bye. And then take, and then take money? Yeah. He stole from, from Meyer Lansky. You don't steal from Meyer Lansky. No, yeah, he'll fucking kill you. He'll fucking kill you, <laughs> and he fucking did <laughs> So and he knows that <laughs> idiot. Though Hoover and his agents were doing pretty well in general with tracking down and arresting a lot of these high-profile criminals, Hoover himself was criticized by a senator, uh, McKellar, for never actually arresting anyone himself or not ever being on scene when the arrests were made, which seems irrelevant because the FBI was at this point very helpful to local police departments and across the nation of yeah. getting these guys, but. Either way, it upset Hoover, made him mad. So from that point on, Hoover would start planning out like, oh, we've got a tip on this guy's over here, this high-profile criminal. Mm -hmm. They'd wait for Hoover to like fly out there while they kind of set up a an operation to capture them, and that way Hoover could be on scene and get credit for being there or even arresting the person at the time of the arrest. That's pathetic. Including John Dillinger. So he was actually on scene when John Dillinger was shot and killed. Yeah, but, they didn't. They they fucked that up. Yeah. Well, actually, I think if I remember from the episode, you explained that they almost didn't even want to arrest him because he'd escaped prison before, so they just wanted to kill, kill him so he'd stop embarrassing them. 
Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, Hoover named him public enemy number one after he escaped jail, and they're like, yeah, because they made him look stupid. They hated that. And they were stupid. Yeah. So Hoover and his G-men, they tracked down John Dillinger and set up an ambush. Dillinger tried to run, and depending on the story you want to believe, you know, either Dillinger uh, tried to pull out a gun and they shot him, or he just started running and the G-men were like, fuck it, blast away. Don't let him get away! And they accidentally hit, like, two women who were walking by at the same time. Yeah. Not a great department. No. no. Not X-Files level yet. But Dana Scully would not have made that mistake. Despite that, you know, this put Hoover on the BOI in good light with the public when they caught all these different people. And, and even though John Dillinger was kind of a celebrity of sorts, there were still a lot of people who didn't like John Dillinger because he was a criminal. So if yeah. you fell in line with the whole, like, no, oh, he's a bad guy, then you were happy that Hoover and his G-men caught him. Throughout the 30s, Hoover would continue to gain more respect from the public and his agency for capturing and killing very notorious criminals like bank robber Babyface Nelson, oh. who was the partner of Dillinger, by the way. And Babyface Nelson also killed multiple federal agents, so they were definitely after that guy. Yeah. Uh, Pretty Boy Floyd was caught by Hoover and his G-men. Wow. These are the big names. Yeah. He was a huge bank robber, and a lot of people actually liked him. Like, a lot of the public liked him, because when he would go rob banks, he would actually burn mortgage documents, so that way it would free them from that debt. Fuck yeah. Because they don't have any. Like, that was it. There's no paperwork to back it up. Yeah. Prove it. And he was shot and killed by uh, G-men. Alvin Creepy Carpus. He was also a leader of the Carpus gang, and uh, he was taken alive in handcuffs. But if you're... Nickname is creepy. That's not... Yeah. I don't know about that. He, he was kind of creepy looking, too. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's creepy. I guess it's because he had a creepy smile. That's not good. Let's put a smile on the face. <laughs> that's what it is. He got fish hooked in a bar, and now he's just always really happy about it. <laughs> yeah. The list goes on. They just capture all these people, and it makes the department look good. It makes the a, a BOI finally... Sure. ...not look completely stupid. Hey, yeah, I mean, they did it. They did the work, the investigation work, and they caught the criminals. The funny part is, is there was a, an agent who was very much associated with a lot of these arrests. He was a really good agent and oftentimes put into the newspapers for capturing these people. And that made Hoover mad because he was getting so much attention. So besides <laughs> Hoover going around firing people for looking ugly or whatever, he would also relocate certain agents that were good agents, but were getting a little bit too much fame or... or credit for these arrests you have been doing such a good job we're reassigning you to the fishery crimes in alaska yeah exactly what how do you feel about buttfuck nowhere arizona Hmm? i need you to Hmm. investigate sand crimes there are some people who are moving sand illegally yeah well there was one agent in particular melvin purvis who stands out as a great example purvis was one of the most effective agents in capturing and breaking up these 1930s gangs and was a part of most of the arrests or killing of the criminals that I just mentioned before. I mean, the Hoover decided to move him out of the bureau because he was envious of him. And apparently it wasn't, he wasn't shy about it. Like people in the department knew, and that's how we know this information. So they, he just moved him to some other place. It's like, you got a desk job somewhere, pal. You've, you've done good work, but uh, go, go finish up uh, over in this office. The Don't problem is, you did... Too good a work. Yep. I'm giving you a field break. Go sign these papers. Yeah. Until you retire. To add on to this, to give you more insight on Hoover, while he's doing all these cases, while he's capturing all these these high-profile criminals, 
Hoover has a very large public relations staff, which was actually bigger than any actors or actress in Hollywood. Really? Yeah. And their job was literally just to keep BOI's name and Hoover's name in the newspapers every single day. So anytime that they caught somebody, it was printed immediately. And it was always flashing with Hoover's name or the BOI and just constantly trying to put them under good light. And this will just kind of continue on for quite a while as he's building a reputation. Oh, and is it is it real? Or is he at, or is he really living with his mom? Yeah, he lives with his mom. No, he's not dating. He just lives with his mom. We're going to get into that a little bit, but yeah, he's living with his mom. So to give the gets... visual, uh, he's in the attic of his mom's house. Sure. And all the walls are pasted with newspaper articles about him. <laughs> yeah. And his face. Probably. And they're just covered in his dry cum. Yeah. That sounds about right. I mean, I don't know factually, but that sounds correct. That sounds right to me. Yeah. And his mom, very gingerly, brings him a sandwich on a tray. Like, here you go, son. Thanks, Mom. Get out now. Put it down. Bring in your dress. Okay. Because she's afraid he's going to arrest her for uh, some crime if she puts the wrong mustard on that bitch. Yeah. Great Poupon? Nope. Absolutely not. But it's a different prison. It's just one in his basement that he built. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah it's called mom jail yeah going to mom jail no and it's just a potato cellar that he locks <laughs> yeah okay mom i'm going to work get in your mom jail <laughs> okay <laughs> son wait it's the other way around what that's where his ego problems come from his mom is so domineering that when he gets home she beats on him and she puts him in the cellar until he has to go to work. And that's when he has to go get controls because it's the only place he can. So his office is covered in newspaper clippings with his face covered in his cum. Yeah. But his home is spick and span because he gets on his knees and he cleans it on Saturdays. <laughs> they and both then, spend the night in and then he goes Hoover into, jail. He goes into boy jail yeah. when her shows are on <laughs> or when her friends come over. Yeah. No, I'm really important in the government. Okay. J. Edgars are meant to be seen, not heard. Okay. Make my muffins and then rub my feet. <laughs> rub my bunions. My bunions. Ugh. And then clean my taint. <laughs> yes, mother. I'll have a bidet. <laughs> they haven't been brought to America yet. <laughs> so, yeah, the reason why Hoover was able to take control of the press so well is because he basically would make these deals with multiple people. Um, news sources he would leak information to them Mm. that he would be able to you know like i can part with this this is something you could run a story on you get something out of it now when i want to have a story written i'll let you know and you you just write it for me that's smart so he's kind of got to control the narrative yeah this exactly he's got this bridge to be able to control the narrative so it's also creepy it gets worse oh now we come up into 1935 there's a lot of renaming when it comes to the BOI. In fact, the BOI isn't even its original name for this department. Hmm. It actually didn't even have a name when it very first got created in 1908. The attorney general at the time of it being formed just referred to it as the Special Agent Forces, but that wasn't even official. It was just kind of his name for it. Just a grab all. Special Agent Force. Um, a year after... The government agency was formed. It finally did get its first official name, which was just the BOI, the Bureau of Investigation. And it stayed that way for quite a few decades. From there, it goes into the Division of Investigation, even though it wasn't really its official name. And then it became its official name. And then it was too confusing because there was other divisions that were for investigation. So it seemed weird uh, to have like a doy. 
a specific name branch called that. Anyways, after it goes through all these things, it finally gets turned into the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. That's a solid name. And that's what it is now. Yeah. It's a solid name. So. It speaks for itself. Hoover. It's less fun. Is now technically the director of the FBI as the first director. Female body inspector. There's a, yeah. But he, he'd never actually touch one except his mom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of changing in, like, responsibility of the BOI going into the FBI. They kind of, they actually end up getting a bigger reach into other departments because there was some changes through different presidencies who were like, all right, I want this thing that this department used to investigate is now underneath the FBI and this as well. And so the FBI kind of grows it's in its federal, yeah. responsibility as well as its reach and power. So it's becoming more powerful, really. Well, stuff like dolphin crimes, uh, bird law, bird law. <laughs> mercantile racketeering. Yeah. You know, those are all those are all federal. Mm-hmm. Uh, lucky charm. The bird laws, so that way they could kill all the birds and replace them with robots later. Oh, they've accomplished that. Yeah. Oh, they've oh they've they've that's accomplished a real, that. That's a real conspiracy theory that oh. I can't wrap my head around. Of yeah, because sometimes there's no birds, and it's because their batteries are being changed. <laughs> right. Of course. That's why they. Oh, I'm sorry. Go south. <laughs> yeah. To the warehouse with the batteries. That is south of my house. So, you tell me. But the, you tell, why are they always looking at me? <laughs> I'm pooping on my car. Why are they doing that? How are they shitting? I don't know. I guess it would just be... They fill the robot's asshole with just sort of water and white paint and then shit. <laughs> Human shit. Yeah. There's, you know, there's no... All the birds are dead. Right. So... <laughs> Sure. Well, anyways. I feel like we've made a lot of progress here. So Hoover has also, now that he's the director of the FBI, has a deputy director named Clyde Tolson, who is Hoover's right-hand man in the FBI. Now, this is going to be fun. It's going to come up quite a bit in different ways. If you are looking into anything when it comes to Hoover and being gay, Hoover and being cross-dresser, anything like that. Sure. Because there's heavy speculation that Hoover is gay with Clyde Tolson. And that they are secret lovers. All right. So... Just kind of go and tell you a little bit about that. Oh, I was going to say, is that because Tolson is also just unmarried and... Unmarried. They uh, spent a lot of time together. Hoover and Clyde had a... So they were close. They had to, butt sex. No. Oh. We don't have any proof of this, by the way. We don't. So I guess I should state that. We don't have any proof that... Well, proof is in the butt pudding. Hoover, Hoover is gay or that he's a, even a cross-dresser. Did you know that? That's a sh- I did not. Yeah, cross-dressing is actually considered to be mostly a myth. Um, because they're the oh, one... that bums me out. I know, right? Me too, because I thought it was for real. And it's like one of the most, like... Like the whole, I'd fuck me. Yeah. you fuck me. It's one of the most believed myths, but there, there's only one source to it, and that source has not provided any proof, which we can oh, talk about too. Oh, that's gross. So it's probably more that there was legitimate speculation that he was homosexual, and assholes were like, yeah, like a guy that wears dresses, well, and then that stuck. No, not that's not how it went. I'll tell you about where that right. comes from. All right. So first of all, it gets brought up that he and Clyde might be gay because, yes, they're very close when it comes into working together, and it was known that Hoover was very hands-on in the sense of, I want to know where all my people are, so of course whoever his right-hand man's going to be is probably going to be like always next to him. Sure. That's fine. Outside of work, however, they vacationed together all the time. They would go to, you know, 
outside of the country together to go on vacation, stay in the same hotels. Okay. Um, later on, they would find out that going through all of Hoover's shit after he died, they had pictures that they found, pictures that they assume Hoover took of Clyde when he was asleep, which brought up a lot of questions of, like, well, this is in a motel room. Did Hoover have access to get inside his room? Um, on top of that, this would be considered, especially during that time frame, a very weird or intimate thing to do if you were taking a picture of a man while they're sleeping. It'd be considered very rude if you it's didn't the, have permission. It's the case now. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've got pictures of my friends sleeping. Whatever. They usually got dicks That's drawn on their I, face. I'll but say it's because you have... Yeah. Yeah. Not... <clears throat> we all have phones in our... Not because you have a mouthful of his cum. <laughs> yeah. Well, and... That's, that's the... The, that's the Hoover. They would hang out outside of work just in general besides vacations. They were basically considered inseparable. Work, outside of work, didn't matter. They were always together. So there's speculation there that he was gay. It goes further hmm. because, well, so Hoover denied the mafia existed in the 30s. As a matter of fact, he denied they existed in the 30s, 40s, and not until the mid-50s that he finally had to. Oh, weird. Which we'll get into, but... He denied that they existed, and a lot of people think that there's no good reason for him to do so. So they speculate that along with the idea that he might have been gay with his right-hand guy, Clyde, that maybe the mafia actually had something on them. Oh, shit. Because he ignored the mafia for 20 years at least. And they were very rampant, and everyone knew the mafia existed. Why he would deny it is just odd. So this is after... You know, the arrests of, of, of the Dillinger and their clan. Dillingers are not considered part of the mafia. They're just crime gangs. Yeah. But yeah, So afterwards. once, like, more organized crime, like, Sicilian gangs, yeah. he was like, I don't know what you're talking no, about. No, that's not, it's not real. Wow. Yeah. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Well, especially because I mean, here's a guy who's collecting all this information on these people, and then... Who else does that really well is the Mafia. The little bit he couldn't control. Yeah. And so there's also another speculation to help out why he might have ignored the Mafia was because Hoover had a really big gambling problem, even though he spoke out against it, saying that it was a terrible thing. But he gambled. He would send G-men to go place bets on horses. And then when people said, well, why aren't you going after like bookies and shit that are doing shady stuff? He said, oh, we don't have enough time for that. Well, it's weird that you have enough time to be able to go send someone. for that. I have enough time to send somebody to go place a bet for me, but I don't have enough time to actually look into fucking, you know, shady bookies. Could you imagine, though? But the idea being that the mafia might have been giving him inside information like, oh, this is a fixed race. Don't come after us and we'll give you. They would do that. Yeah. Yep. So they thought that maybe he was corrupted and that goes against him being gay, but that he, another reason why he would have ignored the mafia. I mean, you're you're the head of the FBI. You have this real hot boyfriend. Yeah. Who's your Clyde second in command? And someone named uh, Jimmy Cianciotti wants an appointment with you, and you're like, "Who's Jimmy? Who's Jimmy Cianciotti?" Yeah. And this this punk walks in with some pictures, and he goes, "This is a picture of you playing grab ass with your second in command at one of our bars and motels that you stayed at." Kind of strange. Well, also seems like you owe us a little bit of money. So, I know you don't know me, but you're going to get to know Jimmy. And you also might want to get some fire insurance so this place doesn't fucking burn down Actually, in an accident, if you know what I mean. Looks a little bit like a fire hazard in here. <laughs> oh, no. So, I'm going to take these copies of pictures, unless you'd like to keep them. That's fine. You can keep those. Please I've feel got free. other ones. i got a bunch of them. 
Yeah. And I'm framing them. And this is a real theory that people think that happened was that the mafia, either by accident or more likely that they were trying to make sure they could run smoothly, would go after, you know, the FBI head and get something incriminating on him to use as, hey, don't come after us or else we drop these pictures. Be a baller thing to do. Yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Well, I'd buy it. We're at the same time frame. We're in the 30s and 40s where, yeah, if the FBI director was found out to be gay, he might just lose his job over that. Oh, definitely. So. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you could, you couldn't be openly gay back then. However, at, to this day, there have been no pictures or anything of the such that has come up showing that he's gay or that he's might be gay. Other than the, the few little subtle things like him taking a picture of Clyde when he was asleep and people making speculations off of that. That is weird. Is weird. My question wasn't so much that he took a picture of him. Is that like, well, they were they in different motel rooms? If so, if not, that's also kind of like, oh, they're well, the same hotel. But if they're in different ones, how do you get in while they're sleeping? Even if their relationship was non-sexual uh, and they really are just tight and they go on vacation together, they could share a motel room. Yeah, separate beds. I don't think it. I, I don't think it's weird. I think back then they might have thought it was weird. I also don't care if he's gay or not. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. It, well, it matters in that it, it sort of illuminates certain things about his character being repressed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but morally, no, and it's more sad than anything. When it comes to the whole cross-dressing thing, it was this woman who, she's the one who started the whole entire story, and her, I guess, ex-husband or something had called her and said, hey, you want to come over to this motel and come take a look at what's going on over here? This is crazy. So she heads over there. And it's Hoover and Clyde and a bunch of other people who are basically having an orgy. And she supposedly said that she took a picture of it. And then she announced this information. And then when people started to talk to her and and be like, let's see the picture. Like, this is huge. And people were willing to pay money. She also got really quiet. And people go, either she didn't have the picture, didn't exist, none of this happened. Or someone silenced her. Someone scared her. it's a mental picture. Let me paint it for you. Yeah. So she was never able to produce any real proof, and that got pushed around a lot, along with him being gay. It was a huge rumor. But even what is proof? I, you know, we all know Bill Cosby raped those ladies. Sure. There are no photos. Yeah. That's why I leave it up to you. I like sharing all the information, and if I have absolute fact or proof, I will give that to you. But I don't want to give the speculation and say, I think he was gay, and then... Someone just runs with that and goes, yeah, he was gay. I well, gave you the information. There yeah. is no direct proof. There is speculation. There's a lot of reasons why maybe he could have been sure to believe that, but it's up to you. I don't like being the garbage person that I am, but, I, you know. Sure. People are sexual beings. The- We're all weird and creepy inside. Uh, That's fine. So, But what I mean by that is we all have sexual shit, and if there's no indication that he ever like hang out with ladies, there is an indication he hung out with this dude. Yeah, he's sucking that dude off. Yeah. And that's awesome. Sad he can't be open about it, but the case. The only part I think is weird about the whole entire thing, because I don't like Hoover. We'll find out for a lot of reasons why. But that has nothing to do with so much of that, so I don't worry about it too much. The only part that I find weird about any of this part of the story is the fact that he was ignoring the mafia for 20 years. That's the part that stands out to me is like, why? That's suspicious. Why? And there, that might be an explanation to it. I don't know. But it's still fucking crazy that he ignored the mafia. So... There you go. I mean, everything that you've talked about him so far, he, he, he doesn't really seem particularly interested in justice as he is interested in using that idea to empower himself. Yeah, I would agree. So if the mafia approached him with a, we got some dirt on you, or maybe we'll just fucking kill you. 
I, I could see him being just like, I don't know about the mafia. I yeah. Mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I, I like gambling. So, yeah, no one knows why Hoover would deny the mafia existed, but there you go. All right, so we're getting into the late 1930s where we're starting to come up on World War II. And oh, no. Hoover and his FBI, assisted by investigating German rings of saboteurs and spies. So Hoover's primary responsibility was basically counter-espionage, and the FBI made arrests of German spies throughout the war, and even caught what was kind of like the more fun and interesting one, was there was two German U-boats who tried to drop off German spies onto U.S. soil, and they apparently were keeping track of them, and it was, I guess, the FBI who went in and was like, yeah, you just come off that fucking German U-boat? That's a German boat. Here we go to jail, buddy. Welcome to U.S. How do you say, uh... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. No, you got it right. That's right. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jail now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. This happened to me in France, too. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. It's no good. That is good, because we talked about um, McCarthy. Yeah. And how he, he never successfully arrested a real communist. Thinking that uh, good old hooves here could actually arrest Nazi spies. That's cool. The funny thing is I skipped over all the McCarthy stuff in this research because, one... We're going to do him one day. We're yeah. going to do him hard. And honestly, I kind of think Hoover was more in... I think he steered that more than McCarthy did. I think McCarthy was a, a huge part of it, but I think... It's a mouthpiece? Like, one of the things that came up in one of the interviews of talking about Hoover and stuff was there, like, McCarthyism it should have been called Hooverism because he was definitely spying on a lot more people and was controlling a lot more of that scenario. Now, I think McCarthyism was also maybe even more extreme, if not at least the same extreme. It was just grandstanding. Yeah. Yeah, it was fake. So. Well, I mean, head of the FBI versus McCarthy was a senator, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Hoover's definitely far more powerful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because of the war, uh, this is where we start to see the slippery slope of wiretapping and the sheer drop-off that it takes when it comes to justifying what is legal or even Wh just whoops. morally acceptable for wiretapping somebody. He was black! Yeah. What did you want me to do? At this time, U.S. President... My boyfriend said it would be a good idea, and he's a, he's a good guy. So I, ta so I tapped him. Tap him hard. But in both ways. Yeah. Tap my boyfriend. I tap the brown people's phone. <laughs> Turns out all they use it for is to call their grandma. Nice lady. Real cute family. Yeah. Yeah. Sh her uh, her cornbread recipe I actually wrote down in real time because it sounded great. Anyway, I've arrested all of them. <laughs> <laughs> They're all in jail right now. They're all in jail. They're actually in jail in my house. <laughs> in my cellar. It's a different jail, yeah. Not on record. I got drunk and I took them to the wrong place, but that's where they are now. Uh, go ahead and uh, e uh, email us your grandma's cornbread recipe. Please. Pe PeopleTimePodcast at gmail.com. I need it. <laughs> and your pants. And your pants. Well, at this time, the U.S. President Franklin D. Roosevelt was nervous about Nazi spies in the U.S., so he gave permission to wiretap anyone who seemed to be involved in subversive activities. <sighs> yeah, we're back to here again. It's basically the same thing we were talking about last time with World War One and Woodrow. So, well, I I get it, but it it's wrong. Now there were stipulations um, before being able to wiretap someone. Uh, the United States Attorney General had to first be informed of who and why someone was getting wiretapped. However, at this time, the Attorney General 
was Robert H. Jackson, who he stated thought the entire idea of wiretapping was distasteful and did not want to be a part of it, yeah. even though it was going to go through. So he just gave Hoover the power to decide what was okay to wiretap. So mm. you just gave the person who had to go get permission to wiretap all the power to not get permission. So he can just wiretap whoever he wants now. So that's uh, where we're at there. Way to go, FDR. And Hoover definitely takes advantage of this and wiretaps the shit out of everybody. I'm tapping everyone. And he, and he does. He everybody taught. bend yeah. over. Yeah. It's such a stupid decision. I, I get he didn't want to be a part of it because he didn't like it, but you were at least going to be the one who no, can but stop the force of yes. it being because crazy. Because the, the record of history that you made a moral standing but then didn't do anything about it, it's not great. It doesn't justify your moral standing. Exactly. It's You're pointless. Too, it's passive. It's no bueno. Well, it's like saying, it's like uh, German civilians being aware of the Holocaust and being like, well, I don't think this is a great idea, guys. Anyway, I'm going back to work. I'm not part of it, but I'm going to just keep on walking past. I just want to say for the record, n nobody write this down. I mean, the public record, I don't, uh, I, I think it's distasteful. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. It's passive. And I hate to use the holocaust example it's just uh the first thing that comes to my mind yeah i mean it's it's a good example i think still you know yeah well luckily we would get other attorney generals down the road that would end up taking this responsibility and denying hoover's request sometimes of wiretapping but honestly it didn't matter because hoover was going to ignore them anyways and just illegally wiretap because why would you go from i get a wiretap whoever i want because the current attorney general general doesn't care to then all of a sudden this guy's going to start telling me, no, I've already been doing it for years, I so fuck. I want to do it anyways. Also, and he does. Was he going to prove anything, this attorney general? I, I, I got the shit on him. I've been tapping his ass. Uh, dude. I've he, been tapping his ass. I've been tapping his wife's ass. I've been tapping his son's ass. Dude, he does. I tapped your son's ass so hard I know all about his soccer practice. And Janet, who he wants to ask the prom, but probably won't because he's really timid and Janet's kind of out of his league. So I started tapping Janet. Now that's an interesting young woman. She has a bright future, I think, and your son is out of not in her league Although, at all. We can make sure that happens. We can make sure if you want. Or we can go the way you want to go and tell me no I've more been, wiretapping. I've been tapping Janet's dad. I know his weaknesses. I also know how he prefers a hand job. We can figure this thing out. The weakness and the hand job part are actually it's linked together. Well it's fun, it's the same. It's the same. I'm gonna give him a violent hand job. He doesn't like it. He doesn't hate it. Yeah. No lube. And he's like, ah, oh, please, at least you spit. No, we, we don't. Mm -mm. I just jerk him off real hard in an alleyway. Yeah. He hates it. I try oh to make God, sure dude. my skin is dry as possible. <laughs> I rub my hands on sandpaper all day just to get him real gritty. Yeah. He hates it. Anyway, that Janet girl, she's got a bright future. That's what the real takeaway is here. Anyway, I'm sorry. Who are you again? I've been I've been tapping so many people lately. I don't even I don't know which way is what. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's definitely worth noting that he wiretaps senators, uh, anyone really in the government agency. He'll wiretap anybody and everybody, and he does. And we're gonna get more and more into that. This, so this with specific people, perverse corruption that's based off of like fear. I'm just I'm hearing Nixon. That's all I hear. Yeah. I like Nick. I like Dick more already. Well, and Dick is not as villainous. Once we get done with this episode, you'll see. Certainly not. Yeah, Dick had some some desperation to him, but he's not. Um, well, he's not tapping everyone. Well, 
it gets only worse from here because after World War II ends, Hoover started having a lot of these really shitty, terrible ideas. For instance, Hoover wanted to turn the FBI into a global intelligence with the FBI having a much further reach across the world, but luckily Yikes. Truman's administration put a stop to that plan and denied Hoover's request, stating that it seemed like basically just trying to make a American version of the, the Gestapo. And Yeah, like a world police. Yeah, you can't do that. No, so luckily not, someone was there to check him. We do. No. Well, I mean, also, we do now, but... Imagine how many dry hand jobs the Hooves would have to give just to oh. build up that uh, database globally. Too much. Well, another dumbass idea that Hoover had was that he wanted to suspend habeas corpus to detain 12,000 Americans that he suspected of being disloyal, which again is this vagueness, yeah, with not any illegal activity. He just said, well, they're suspicious, so I want to be able to throw them in prison without trial. Like, just let me do that. And luckily, again, Truman did not grant this request, which is awesome. But also, like, aren't yeah. these fucking red flags? Like, if you were Truman and these are the ideas he's coming up with, how about we make a... You know, we can reach across the world and police the world. And how about I throw people in prison without any kind of trial? 12,000 of them. And you're like, just calm down, buddy. Like, why aren't you being like, this guy needs to be removed from his yeah. fucking position? Can you imagine Truman just scratching his head and being like, I have the authority to fire this guy, right? Yeah. This is strange. He's, he's saying some things, man. This is freaking me out. Putting them in prison, sans habeas corpus. You know what? That doesn't get my dick hard. That's a little too much. And my dick gets hard about anything anything but not that or talking to hoover in general <laughs> so it's just hanging around just fucking lingering there's something <laughs> i've got a new idea so um i was thinking uh maybe we could just like police everyone yeah well going off of what we were saying earlier about hoover and the fbi ignoring the mafia through the mid-1940s and into the 50s Hoover and the FBI didn't put much effort into really looking into criminal activity based around drugs, prostitution, and extortion that the mafia was just going rampant with freely. Mm. And they pretty much just left the mafia alone, which would eventually become criticized by the public until 1957. And the reason why is because Hoover was no longer able to deny the existence once there was a nationwide meeting where they drew in everybody from the nation of like crime bosses, mafia bosses. Oh, Oh yeah, the like the the big uh, mob trials. It's the uh, Appalachian meeting was what the mafia had put together to meet all together. Yeah, and the local police kind of started figuring there's something going on, and they ended up raiding it. And there was like hundreds of people there, at least a hundred. Yeah, and they arrested sixty of them, and then yeah, they went to the trials and stuff. Which is cool, man. And when when that happened, you can find a lot of that footage online. And it's crazy. Yeah, those mob guys have terrible memories. <laughs> it's crazy. It's really strange. Like, I don't recall that. I take don't the fifth. remember. I don't know. Mm. I don't know that name. It's well, and uh, you know, once they've caught actual mafia bosses, Hoover has nothing to hide behind. Like, they don't exist. Well, yeah, they do because we caught a bunch of them. He's there. He's right. And there. they're some of them did out the other ones and shit, so they were able to get more information. But yeah, it's the, nobody else but Hoover thought that they didn't exist. So, well, this is weird. This is weird. It's weird that this all happened. I didn't know. I didn't know about it. That's what's so well, weird about it. Well, the problem is they kept giving me good gambling tips. Yeah. What am I supposed to do? They always knew which horse was going to win. You know how much money I've made? Oh my god. What do you mean illegal? I made so much money though. What's illegal about making money? This is America. Welcome to yeah. Are you a fucking immigrant? You're going to jail, buddy. <laughs> you know what you are? Un uh, unloyal. Yeah. You're disloyal to the Constitution. Get in the car. I'm gonna give you. A real rough hand job. <laughs> this is going to suck for you. 
I'm going to have a great time. No. 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 <laughs> Driver, go. <laughs> Just seems Lock the doors. <laughs> Although Hoover made his own, uh, his own name and the FBI famous for catching bank robbers and high-profile criminals in the 30s, during the 50s, Hoover started to move the FBI's main interest towards communist subversion. So yeah. rather than looking at you know local crime and shit, he's like, I've done my part. We've got the police kind of doing their thing now. They're a little bit more well-established, communicating with each other, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Now we want to go with like the whole Red Scare because it's in full bloom right now, and that seems fun and interesting. So with citizens fearful that the Soviets would drop bombs on the U.S. at any time, Hoover decided that... Yeah, I need to go after communists. That's where everybody's. That's where everybody wants me. They want. They want to see me doing something for that's them. Where I'm the most relevant. Suddenly. Yeah. It's not that I'm exploiting real public fear. It's that there's a real threat here. I need to help address it. And if it happens to gain me fame because I'm, you know, doing stuff in the yeah. that area where everybody's talking about. All right. It's... The funny thing is, even though this is what Hoover wants to do, he's trying to go after communists, but becoming very frustrated that the Supreme Court. Won't just let them prosecute people for their political opinions. Cause oh, God dang it. That's not a thing. You can't just go after them for believing even in communism. No. But Hoover had to find ways to justify this or, you know, just do it illegally. Whatever works. <laughs> and that's what he does is he first tries to kind of build some sort of justification for later down the road. So he tells everybody, like, oh, communism, it's rampant and it's going crazy. They're trying to take over our government. You guys should all be freaking out and I'm going to help you. I'm gonna, mm. I'm gonna get all the commies for you guys for this country. We're gonna make this place great again. God damn right. And then he went on to go ahead and do a bunch of illegal activities where he oh. wiretapped the shit out of everybody some more. But this goes into it's what, weird that that term goes hand in hand with yeah, like illegal activity. Weird, huh? Well, it's almost like being a hyper patriot requires you to be above the law. Yeah. I'm protecting it. I'm protecting the law by I, I have to break the law to protect everybody else's rights. The law doesn't the know what's good for itself. I do. Yeah, that's what it needs. It needs a strong hand. Yeah, a strong, dry hand job giving hand. Just gritty. One that's seen some things, you know. That keeps a bag of sand. You're lucky you haven't back. had to touch the things I've had to touch. The wieners <laughs> I've had to fucking touch. You don't. You get that luxury of not knowing. The, did you order the code red? Yeah. I keep a bag of sand in the back of my car <laughs> as lube. <laughs> Let me just grab some of this here. Ah, well, that's fine grit. That's very fine. Yeah, some of it's coarse. That's that part's. This is. I got two bags. <laughs> one's coarse. One's really fine. You got a finer good. course today, sir. <laughs> oh God. Neither. I'll tell you whatever you want. <laughs> that's not really what I asked. <laughs> I asked about the sand. What I, what I want is to know what sand you want. So we can sort of move on to the next step here. I've got glass as well, so if you're not going to make a decision... Your call. I've just got a bunch of broken up glass. And that one, I'm actually just going to have you, like, fuck into the bag. Yeah, I'm not going to touch the glass. That's going to cut me. I'm not an animal. <laughs> I'm going to make you fuck a bag of broken glass. <laughs> Driver, <What>? drive. Driver, <laughs> go. <laughs> And that driver does not give a shit. He has seen some shit. The best gig in the world. As long as I keep that parishion up. That partition up. Fuck. Just yeah. the screams keep me up at night. Well, this whole thing, what I'm building up to with him wiretapping everybody, is he actually creates what's called Co-Intel Pro. You ever heard of Co-Intel Pro? Rings a bell, but I don't know. It is a secret 
covert program or operation, which it's kind of like a counterintelligence program, and they just chopped up the words and then called it COINTELPRO. People just love those. This is bananas. Words. Oh, yeah. Breaking up words and making them other things. Whenever it's that case, it's always something that is secretive and bad. That's what I've learned, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's never a good thing. Yeah. When, no. When you got Tricky Dick's team going in and doing Watergate, they did the same shit with all their names, right? It's well, just... but it also makes you feel like you're in a Bond movie. It does. It kind of, that's probably why they did it. Like, mm-hmm. hey, look, if I cut it up this way, don't you feel kind of like a spy? This is actually really fun. This is cool. It feels a lot like... Uh, in The Emperor's New Groove. What? You seen The Emperor's New Groove? Yeah. What's but, his name? Like Gronk, the the big guy? Yeah, Kronk. Kronk uh, sings his own theme to himself. Always <laughs> 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 oh, got his own theme song music. Oh my god. That's who these people are. Yeah. They're just, they have a huge heart on for like, I'm in it now. I made a cool name. Yeah, call me Spider. <laughs> well, I want to be want to be Razor. Yeah, Spider and Razor. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna capture all the communists. Yeah. And, well, we're gonna record their phone conversations and just trans make transcripts. Yeah. For Hoover to read, and then yeah. sometimes he jerks us off. Yeah. <laughs> With sand. That's what Spider does. <laughs> I got a cool pair of sunglasses though. <laughs> That's pretty neat. I got yeah. walkie talkies. I got some new ones. Yeah, we got walkie We can use them. Uh, let's break down what COINTELPRO is because this is fucking bananas. All right? So, the FBI program, with Hoover at the heart of the operation, used tactics of using counterintelligence, psychological warfare, illegal Ugh. surveillance, blackmail, discrediting, lying about, smearing, forging documents, planting false reports in the media, harassment, sending threats, wrongful imprisonment, and illegal violence against specific people or political groups, and even just straight-up assassination against mostly nonviolent individuals. All that shit I just read off is all true. There's so much goddamn information. This is where I'm telling you it gets fucking nuts. So this is a, like a, a secret department within the FBI. It's like a secret operation, they called it. Like, where, where it's basically like Hoover being like, we have a ton of power, but we need more. So I need a few little bit unhinged rogue agents to do very specific things for me, which is really just my assassination squad. This is, yeah, this is like what, if you are like, I am suspicious of the FBI and I think that they murder people and stuff, this is exactly like what this is. It, it, that That's what they do. They, and it's for political reasons to keep the Hoove in power. Hoover says that, once this is later kind of coming out, Hoover says that this is his way of trying to protect the country, that someone had to do this. I mean, he's trying to justify it in a very poorly way, like poor shit garbage well, way. Yeah. But he's, he claims that he was doing it to protect the fabrics of the nation. Ugh. But he's, yeah, he's doing it for his own power. He's doing it because all the all the people he targets are people that would be the opposite side of his political belief system. It has to do with, you know, he's the things he doesn't hippies. agree with. You know, he's racist. He doesn't, he believed, we already talked about how he believed in segregation. So he's going to use this against black activists. We're, we're going to get into it. So we still don't super know who killed a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah, and I kind of uh, think that. Anyways, we'll get into it. It was it was Razor. There's a lot of stuff we also still don't know. Because it was little... Razor and Spider the whole time. <laughs> yeah, these jackasses who don't know what's going on killed MLK Jr. So I brought the chips and I killed MLK on the way. Um, we're gonna pin this on somebody else, but chips. Awesome. Oh, I forgot the dip, motherfucker. I'll be back. I gotta go. You bought plain chips again. 
I'm going to assassinate you. Don't don't say that. That's mean. That's mean. Uh, I've had enough. <laughs> I've had enough, 10-4. I just want to let you know that if I die, a file gets released on everything about you and your family, and there's a hit that will be out for you. So, look, we're in the FBI. We protect each other. Same thing happens for you, my friend. All right, then. How about we don't kill each other, and let's just go kill more black people? I love it. Next time, get... Get the sour cream and onion for Christ's sake. Fine, 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 fine. Let's get here. The guns are loaded. Let's go. <sighs> I can't wait to kill more black people and eat good chips. No, okay, we're gonna get into this. So COINTELPRO would end up targeting multiple organizations. I mean, we're talking about feminists, we're talking about the Communist Party USA. Feminists. Anti oh, they did. Anti <laughs> Vietnam War organizers. Act uh Activists for the Civil Rights Movement, Black Power Movements, Black Panther. So we're in the 60s party. now, 50s, 60s. We're starting to kind of, I'm also naming ones that they continue, because they this yeah, is around okay. for two decades, yeah. or maybe even three. Whoa. But environmentalists, animal rights groups, the, um, the American Indian Movement, specific individuals like we were just talking about, MLK, Malcolm X, that these are all things that they consider our enemies. These are FBI enemies. Um, it gets ridiculous. Well, MLK is a significant enemy to the FBI. Huge. One of the biggest. And that's and it's true. Yeah. Yeah, what he stood for and his power, yeah. not FBI. Well, in the mid-1950s, we have the civil rights movement that is taking off, which was seen as a threat by the FBI for some reason. Uh, they just didn't like black people. That's really what it comes down to. It's disloyal. <laughs> yeah, because right. the American way is that black people shut the fuck up. Yeah. Shut up. So besides the FBI already not liking the civil rights movement, they started getting criticized by Dr. Theodore Roosevelt Manson Howard, who was a black civil rights leader, mm. and he spoke out against Hoover and the FBI for their failure to investigate the racially motivated murders of George W. Lee as well as Lamar Smith and Emmett Till. Because mm. if you remember, the FBI didn't get fucking involved and they didn't give a shit. They don't fucking care that Emmett Till was killed. So It has nothing to do with their purview. Right. It doesn't threaten their establishment. So Dr. Theodore starts to call out Hoover and is like, do something. That's the same reason right now still happening. Yeah. No one gives a fuck that Trayvon Martin was killed because he's a kid and he's black. Yeah. This is America. This is America. Sorry. I have a hate. I have a love hate with childish Gambino. Hoover responded to these statements, but pretty much just brushed them off being like, you think we should be doing stuff in there? You don't know your time. I'll just go away. So from here, we will see the FBI targeting many civil rights activists. Woohoo! In 1963, Martin Luther King gives his infamous I Have a Dream speech, and Hoover decided that the civil rights movement, and especially Martin Luther King, was getting way too much momentum and targeted MLK, He's calling him subversive. one of the most dangerous men in the U.S. That's mm -hmm. what Hoover thought of MLK. Uh, Hoover had MLK's phones uh, illegally tapped, his hotel rooms bugged, so they could listen on on everything the MLK was doing, hopefully to gain to gain information, and to use that information to blackmail MLK, to silence him. Now, when I say to silence him, I don't mean to get MLK to stop talking, to change his beliefs, or to stop his movements. I mean to literally silence him, into coercing him into committing suicide. So yeah, or, I, or corner himself in a bad position and get killed. In 1964, two days before MLK was to receive the Nobel Peace Prize, mm. thank you, Alfred Nobel, you can go mm -hmm. check out that. Thank you. The FBI sent MLK what was known as the Suicide Package. The package included incriminating audio and a letter calling MLK a disgusting adulterer, among other insults, and ends with the strong suggestion that MLK only has one thing left to do and only one way out, or else the incriminating information would be released to the public. 
The FBI was essentially telling MLK to kill himself, but without exactly saying those words. (laughs) And this is real. This This is like, we now know this information for facts kind of a thing, right? What kind of, like, adults in in a room said, this is the strategy. The strategy is to th- attempt to threaten a man to commit suicide. Yeah. A man that, because we've been following around, we know is uh, intellectually inclined and has pretty strong convictions. We're going to try and pressure him to hang himself. Yeah. And a group of adults were like, this is great. Well, you got to also understand, I mean, I haven't gone into a lot, but they're using all kinds of tactics against him. They're harassing them. They'll try to tie up. They'll get the IRS to investigate them to try to tie them up over and over. They'll try yeah. to send them letters. They'll call them at four in the morning and tell them that they better watch out, that they're being watched. Mm-hmm. They will, they're using psychological warfare. They're using so many different things to try to break a person into the point where either they stop doing whatever the FBI doesn't want them to do, or maybe in this case to just go ahead and kill yourself because it's grotesque. we're done with your shit. Right? That's what they're doing. But, I don't know. I guess it's just in retrospect now, I think, if you were that upset with MLK, you have to put a bullet in him. Well, that's interesting that you say that because a bullet ends up going into MLK. Not related, though. You, hmm? It's just bizarre, I guess, with the distance now that we know so much about MLK's character. Yeah. There's no way in hell the guy's going to hang himself. No. No fucking way. Well, I was about to say, we've done our episode on MLK. You can go check that out. we got a couple episodes, right? Yeah, we talk about uh, He him does all the not time. kill himself. Uh, he does not stop his movement. So the FBI started to leak the information that MLK was an adulterer to many news stations across the country in order to destroy MLK's Nobody's surprised reputation. about that. Have you heard the man speak? Nobody gave a fuck, by the way. We talked about that in the episode of Good. MLK. While this is going on, though, the FBI was also purposely trying to stoke the fire between Malcolm X and Elijah Muhammad, who Ugh. Elijah was the leader of the nation of islam yeah all right they're already kind of having some not they're kind of already kind of fighting with each other right yeah because yeah because x started to distance himself from it even though he was like the primary mouthpiece yep yep and so that was yeah that was a problem. so cointel pro the fbi going through this operation drove a campaign that involved infiltrating harassing uh rumor mongering artificial elevation of conflict between the disagreements between Malcolm X and Muhammad, mm. which ended with the Nation of Islam assassinating Malcolm X, right? There was a member of them that decided to go kill him. Yes, which uh, is disputed in some circles, but I think it's probably the case. The FBI claimed to not have any involvement in this. However, we found out later on that they had a lot of involvement in all the things I just mentioned. What? And it, it, uh-huh. it continues on with more stuff. Going back into 1963 for just a moment, if you remember in our episode of MLK, I talked about the 16th Street Baptist Church bombing in Birmingham. Alabama, also known as Bombingham. Pretty horrific. Yep. If you don't remember or if you haven't heard it, that's okay. I'll just give you a quick breakdown. This is a story where four KKK members planted bombs under the steps of a black Baptist church and detonated it while church members were inside the church. And it resulted in killing... Yeah, it's church. It's kids and grandmas. Yeah. It resulted in killing four young teenage girls. Like, when I say young, like, between the ages of 11 and 14, right? Yeah, tweens. It also injured a, a couple other people. If you remember the story, I also talked about Hoover in this episode as well, in the MLK episode. We talk about him a lot. So, after the bombing... the There's a big check mark this episode. Yeah. Big time. After the bombing, the FBI launched an investigation and identified the four KKK members as the bombers, but didn't indict anyone. In fact, the men, uh, one of the men was convicted on explosive charges, 
and even boasted that he was the one who planted the bombs, but was never actually charged or served any time, not until much later on, of course. Yeah, that's a terrible fucking scenario. However, later in 1971, the Alabama Attorney General Bill Baxley reopened the case and requested evidence from the FBI and found that there was not only sufficient evidence to convict all four men, but Hoover himself had chose not to approve the arrest and under his orders told the FBI not to give their found evidence to the prosecutors. He basically... Uh, did a cover-up. There's a guy named Paxton? Is that what you said? Uh, Baxley. Baxley. Attorney General Bill Baxley, sorry. Yeah, so Hoover was aware of all this. They sent out FBI to go investigate. They gathered enough evidence that should have been enough to, to put all four away. Yeah. And what ended up happening was... Opted not to. Hoover it landed on his desk. He looked it over and said, don't give any of this to the prosecutors. So... And then it wasn't until, like, if you remember in that story, I further told in the 90s, they finally went after these guys... Oh, this is what you're talking about for with 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 Paxley was in the 90s. He Paxley. was in the 70s. Oh, okay. But they did finally get them charged in the 90s, and two of them were already dead at that point. The other two were fucking old as shit. So they lived. Yeah, they're basically they're full bullshit. Who gives a fuck lives? Yeah. In a trailer, hitting on their cousin. So besides just wiretapping people, which is illegal, uh, and just spying on everybody and trying to use it to gain information to blackmail people. I mean, we're talking about they're getting involved in these activists who are trying to go for equal rights they're harassing them they're trying to convince them to commit suicide on top of that when they have information of white people who are actually killing black innocent people yeah they are don't give a fuck yeah ignoring it they take so, all the evidence and make sure it doesn't go to the court and how much of it do you think is baseline racism a hundred percent well but how much of it do you think is strategic in that his ultimate war is to like de-spirit the black community to make them stop fighting i mean isn't that one like, of the same if the threat is well no because i mean like pure racism is like oh they're black people i don't care and i'm kind of glad they're dead then probably but if, 50 if it's 50, strategic then it's like well we're breaking their spirit it's probably at least 50 50 right because in order to want to break their spirit you hate them you're racist against them so well, oh yeah it's all racist inspired. half of it's i guess i'm just you just hating them the other half is like cool let's use this hate against them you know let's i'm use trying this to decide energy. how mad i should be very I would. I mean, I can't tell Incensed? you. Incensed? I can't tell you. I'll break this mic stand. But I was going through all this, and I was just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And this is, like, known now. At the time, it's not known. After his death, it starts to slowly come out. But even now, most people don't think of, like, oh, well, Hoover was not only racist, but he was actively hiding justice in yeah. these scenarios where white people kill black people. He was actively trying to harm the black movement. Well, of... you've, you've been establishing it since practically since he first got his little bite of power. That's kind of why I want to go over all that shit, right? He has the, I mean, to, to unfortunately use like a modern example, make America great type of ideal yep and that black people should be uh, disenfranchised and only be in a in a service uh, position yeah so to him uh dead black people is is good for the political push because this is a this is the, a white country yeah which makes it all the more horrific yeah it's one thing to say that the guy is just corrupt and interested in personal power he is also ideologically Villainous. He's also shaping, like, he's taking away the rights of Americans to be able to shape the country into a direction where it would be heading. For instance, if you think about all this, these movements that were happening in feminism and mm -hmm. black rights and all these different things, he's doing everything he possibly can, including illegally trying to prevent it from happening. So you remove him, how much quicker would some of this stuff have happened? I mean, maybe not necessarily flawlessly, of course, but he was trying to stop them. Yeah. 
because there's social and cultural uh bridges to cross and 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 hills to climb anyway i'm sure it doesn't he help was already yeah 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 a very violent thorn in the side of progression which that's a bummer yeah i wonder and i know we're not done with the episode i just at this point yeah is it physically possible for me to pull him out of his grave and like punch his uh, uh, skeleton doesn't bother me well i mean like we know where he's buried and all that shit. Yeah, he and, didn't like die in some weird way and was buried at sea. No, he's buried. Uh, and to kind of go on with whatever his right hand man Tolson is buried right next to him. By the way, his boyfriend. Also, all of Hoover's his uh, money and boyfriend. all of his uh, assets went to Clyde. Who's Clyde? Tolson. Oh, oh, his, come. Okay, yeah. This that is a goes further into him possibly being gay. Yeah, this is not something I'm passing any judgment on. I understand. Right. Being gay in certain societies, you got to play some games, and that sucks. But mm-hmm. that's definitely just his his husband. We also find from these types of cases that the FBI was also taking KKK members and making them informants and agents to help attack different black movement leaders. So they're teaming up with the bad guys. I mean, wow. they are the bad guys too. But they're teaming up with them with the people who are willing to already and wanting to already go and fight black people, right? So the FBI, well, that, yeah, that works for them though. The FBI would also later fund and support a far-right group called the Minutemen in a goal to create a secret army organization, which was pretty much a militant terrorist cell that fought against civil rights groups. And it's a militia. Used, yeah, they used tactics that would be intimidation or outright violence, stalking, yeah. killing, whatever. And militias are terrorist groups. Yeah, I would agree. So in 1968, COINTELPRO created a new operation called Black Hate. Yeah, that's what they called it. Oh, that's subtle. So it's exactly what, what, as it sounds. What is it about? It's what you think. Oh. Target black activist leaders and do everything possible to stop all black movements. That's what the whole operation is. One of the horrific <sighs> parts of this operation involves the assassination of Frederick Allen Hampton in 1969. So if you haven't heard of Fred Hampton, he was a prominent American activist and a Marxist-Leninist in Chicago, mm-hmm. and was also the chairman of the Black Panther Party in the Illinois chapter. Do you know how old he was? 21. Yeah, not very old, I remember. He's a kid, basically. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, they killed him because he was, he was so fucking good at his job. Because he was black and he was making a black movement. And he was trying to gather people together, like basically trying to... There was multiple activists out there, and they're all kind of doing their own thing, and he was trying to gather them all together. Yeah. He was also trying to help grab kids off the street and be like, come join this. This is a much better cause and well, a group. Blah, and what blah. people forget about the Black Panthers, because what's often talked about is that they were angry and armed and, and Marxists, but what they were mostly was uh, a breakfast program for kids who didn't have breakfast from other places, and they had after-school programs about keeping kids just off of the streets and, and educated. They also had a police, the police. I was going to say, the reason why the Black Panthers probably have such a bad rep is because you got a mixture of two things happening. One, they were put under a bad light on purpose by the FBI, which we were about to talk about here in a second. And so they were given a kind of, this they're the bad ones, right? Even though they weren't necessarily doing things. And then they were the type of group of people which I would have felt more inclined to join rather than MLK like we talked about before, where yeah. if you throw a rock my way, I'm hucking one back your way. Yep. Like, fuck you. And so that was the mentality of, not across the board, but in the sense that if you're going to come and kill our people, then yeah, you better come armed to the teeth because I'm going to shoot back, Yeah, like bastard. If, if you come into our neighborhood armed, 
and we don't believe that you are actually here to protect and serve us, then we're going to see you as um, well, you come in a, a threatening force. So we're going to arm up to be able to. Uh, well, it's not like it's unheard of, like where they're like, oh, here comes a cop. I'm just going to like, you know, get ready to shoot him. It's like you guys have been coming in here and killing us for decades and there's no justice and we can't get any help because the FBI is fucking yeah. covering it up. And it gets to the point where it's like, what else can one do? Do I just stand around and get killed or do I fucking fight back? Yeah. Like, fuck. And it's so funny because. It's the same story as it is right now. It's the exact same story. Yeah. All, all the riots and shit that have been happening the last couple or several years, it, it's the same story. And we're just two middle-aged suburban white guys, and we're like, this is fucked up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Fred Hadman's a great character. If you have uh, HBO Go streaming app, they made a movie that came out last year called uh, Judas and the Black Messiah that tells the story. You know, oh, nice. Pretty good way. So go watch that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just give a quick synopsis of very, it. It's very sad. So, I mean, he was trying to also help other uh, minorities as well. He's trying to group up other people because he had like yeah. the... It's all about disenfranchisement. Yeah. And the FBI, of course, did not like this, that he was getting momentum going. And they posed him as a radical threat despite any illegal activity. So the FBI reached out to local police with the goal to take down Fred and other Black Panthers that worked with Fred. And what they did was they planned a raid. Now, before the raid gets started, they had put a plant in there. His name is William O'Neill. That's part of the movie. Yeah, he becomes essentially a, a secret agent that is pretending to go along with Fred and be part of the movement. But really, he's there to gain information and pass it yeah, over to the He's a fucking Judas. Yeah, exactly. So what happens is he provides the FBI, this uh, William O'Neill, provides the FBI with the layout and the part of the apartment of Fred. Yeah, and he fucks it up. And then he drugs... I'm going to break this mic stand. Yeah. He then drugs Fred right before the raid, the morning of the raid, right? He drugs Fred. Yeah, he does. And Fred goes, you know, lays down in his bed. He's drugged out. And the Chicago Police Department and the FBI show up to Fred's apartment soon after, and they shoot the fuck out of the place. Now... There are more bullets in the walls than anywhere else. They didn't know what the fuck they were shooting at. Fred's girlfriend was in bed with him, and she got shot at. Everybody. Well, so what happened was they oh, they kicked down the door. They killed a guy named Mark Clark, who was another Panther member. Just in there. Just opened the door, fired on him, and just started shooting the place up. That is the, about like 100 shots were fired by the And that police. is the important point to make is that obviously they went in there to kill Fred, but there's no justification to shoot because they were not shot at. Yep. They went in guns blazing. That's exactly. Important. Yeah. Uh, they ended up uh, shooting an 18-year-old girl who was also in the apartment. Um, there was a bunch of people in the apartment. Most people got shot. Two of them got killed, Fred being one, Mark Clark being the other. Yeah. And they walked out, told the media. They tried to get control of the media as quick as possible. They kept using words like, gunfight and yeah. returning fire and where they made it sound like it was like a gunslinger situation they made it sound like that all these fucking uh uh degenerates knew we were coming and they opened fire on us yeah they claimed that they got fired upon and then therefore had to return fire however this gets dismissed later because it's a complete lie they shot the shit out of this apartment for five minutes straight over a hundred rounds or Just around a hundred rounds away man mm -hmm. And at the time, right after it happened, Fred Hampton and Mark's, Mark Clark's death were deemed as justifiable homicide at first. But later, little, uh, civil lawsuits were issued with more evidence against the FBI, and police had no evidence that the Black Panthers inside the apartment or anyone inside the apartment had even fired a shot at all. 
No. So it was settled that the FBI and Chicago police had illegally opened fire without justification. And today, many scholars will consider Fred Hampton and Mark Clark's death a complete assassination by the FBI uh, initiative. Done and done. So so your tax dollars pay for racist assassins. Yeah. Put, like, it's put, now well that known away. that was just an assassination. I mean, like, especially the fact that they drugged him yeah. beforehand to make sure he couldn't escape, run away, whatever. Oh, my God. And then and tried it's... to pose it as, like, they fought, they, sh- they shot at us. That's why we had to go in there and shoot them. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, I think I think it's the New York Times. It might be the Washington Post. There's a, you know, when the Black Lives Matter thing like really hit ahead in 2020. There's a video on YouTube you can find on one of their channels that sort of breaks down the Fred Hampton assassination. Yeah. And even trusting, or I I, I shouldn't say trusting, but uh, verifiable news sources say maybe one or two shots came back at the police in response to the initial firing. But the more likely indication is there was over 100 shots fired mm-hmm. without any return yeah. fire. That's what I came up with. I actually more than likely. a couple different news stories, and one of them was like the police were trying to show the wall of where they got shot first. Yeah. But later, when they went and investigated, they found out there were nail holes. So it was like the police might have even faked it to be like, see, that's a bullet hole. But they were able to determine, actually, it's just a nail hole. Like, well, someone tried to make it look like a bullet hole. None of it matters. Why did you bust down the door at 6 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, exactly. Did, did you have a warrant to be there? Did you have an arrest warrant for Fred? No. no. Yeah. That, we know why you were there. It was, just, it was to assassinate. It's pretty disgusting. And it was due to the FBI and Hoover. So after the assassination of Fred Hampton, the FBI would continue working with various police departments across the nation, imprisoning dozens of Black Panthers, oftentimes illegally, without any kind of reason or, yeah. you know, like they've committed any kind of crime, which met the FBI's goal of decreasing membership of the Black Panthers. People started getting scared to join up the Black Panthers because they knew that the police and the FBI could just imprison you and you were just fucked. It, yeah. Uh, sent, uh, oh, COINTEL Pro would continue launching a brutal harassment campaign against leftist politics leaders and black civil rights leaders including an elmer geronimo pratt geronimo yep he's a black panther leader along with many other activists were accused of crimes they did not commit at all but were arrested for on false pretenses evidence was falsified witnesses were intimidated and legality was twisted to serve the purposes of the fbi elmer pratt would end up giving 27 years of his life in prison for a supposed murder charge that didn't even happen or have any evidence against him. He was being in prison for being a Black Panther, is what it was. Period. Yep. Yeah. So this is the tactics they would use. The FBI, Hoover, you know, through COINTELPRO, that operation, was illegally detaining, killing, or stopping the black movement in some way or another. Mm. Like, it's just crazy. I'm going to break this mic stand. Well, uh, I won't because it's yours. How do we know all this information? I well, to. that comes to the end of COINTELPRO. Mm, kind of. Not really, but kind of. From like a Senate, Senate committee? Nah, it's even better. This is a fucking badass story. Ready for this shit? In 1971, the FBI was conducting a covert campaign against anti-war protesters, where again, they were illegally wiretapping civilians and trying to interrupt and dismantle these groups. It's what we do here. They just, same old thing, just do it to I the I just next started group. three weeks ago. It's what they told me to do, was tap people and just sort of intimidate them. It's what we do here. So... 
What happened was seven anti-war protesters had enough of the FBI getting involved in trying to stop their protests and harassing them, so they came up with a plan to break into the FBI's headquarters to obtain files that would prove that the FBI was using illegal tactics against U.S. citizens. I can't believe the idiots kept records of the fact that they were committing federal crimes. Oh, dude, all of it. So each member of this seven-man team had specific jobs. One person was to drive the car, another person studied lockpicking to get into the door, one was a lookout, one learned the schedule of the FBI agents in the office, one person went to a fake interview to get a layout of the office, et cetera, et cetera. These are anti-war protesters. Yes. Oh, wow. That's so, badass. On March 8, 1971, Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier... Oh, right. I don't know if, uh, if, dear listener, if you want to know more about Cassius Clay... Uh, there might yeah. be an episode about that on this uh, there on is. this very podcast. These two were going to fight for the world championship title. The group decided this would be the day to try to break in. They would think the cops and the FBI would be distracted with this giant fight that was going to be happening, right? Yeah. So the guy who was to pick locks walked up to the front door and found that the, it was a different type of lock than he could pick. He, <laughs> he couldn't do it. Oh, shit. And they were actually about to call it off. However, there were, the girl that went into a fake interview and got a layout of it said, there's a second door, go to this door. So he went over there, picked that lock. There was a deadbolt. And you so, can pick the lock to the FBI document room? Yeah. <laughs> he Well, he picked the lock, but there was a deadbolt on the second door. So what he did was you he... You can pick a deadbolt. I can. A, well, he took a crowbar and said, fuck this, we're getting oh, yeah, faster, fuck it, fuck it. and he just forced the door open that way. They walk in, and they took several suitcases worth of files and carried them out, of the, uh, out to the getaway car and took off completely unnoticed. As a matter of fact, it wasn't until recently that we even found out the names of these people. Oh, wow. And so the FBI did a huge search to try to find them, of course, never found out who it was. It was the members of Fleetwood Mac? No. Oh, they go through all these files, looking through anything that would be damning against the FBI, and finding the fucking giant pot of horseshit illegal crap that they've been pulling this entire time. So, after several nights of searching through these documents, they started sending these incriminating files to news outlets with documents stating things such as the FBI agents to enhance paranoia in an anti-war movement, or to create an atmosphere where... The anti-war movement people would think that the FBI are around every single mailbox to give them that, <laughs> oh, we're being watched. Yeah. And files on everything, illegal FBI surveillance activities, turning switchboard operators into informants that would illegally listen to phone conversations and provide the information back to the FBI. As they continue digging, they get into COINTELPRO, where they start to find out how FBI had been not only monitoring illegally MLK, but had plans of how they were going to blackmail them. Not to mention that they had sent a suicide package to him in hopes that he would commit suicide. Oh, and they suicide. have copies of the letter they sent him, I yeah. would imagine. Yeah. Could you imagine being, what did you say, it was four or five of these anti-war hippie folks? Seven of them, yeah. Seven, who had the balls to do this really uh, uh, intrepid, important thing. They get back to their, you know, rented bungalow. <laughs> right. They start pulling this shit out and they go, my God. Do you? They were going after MLK. Well, I think that they were just looking for files on themselves. Yeah. Talking about how, uh, yeah, I did avoid the draft to go to Vietnam because I don't, I don't want to do that. I wonder if I'm in these files. Is this a, is this trying to blackmail MLK Jr. into committing suicide? Oh my God! It's signed by Hoover. Yeah. That's Hoover's uh, signature. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. No. And then one of them starts freaking out like, They know! They know! They're going <laughs> to kill my family. Let's burn it calm down. Calm down, John. No, we got to calm, calm down. Oh, my God. Do we have any more coke? Well, as it's all getting leaked, Hooper puts out a nationwide search for the criminals who broke into the FBI well, office. They are criminals, but, sure, but justifiable. I mean, is Snowden a criminal? I don't think so. 
Well, when we go by the letter of the law, yes. But what's important is that it's Who important watches to Watchmen. It's important to break the law when it is justified. And that's what Hooper the said. The law. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah. Weird, huh? Oh, that's not great for me. The law is not the letter of truth. Yeah. But it is a uh, prosecution. It is. Prosecutable. It is hard to try to define when it's okay. In this case, I'm on board with yeah. The FBI had overreached by a lot. That's why you got to break, including killing people. You got to break the law sometimes. So they put out a nationwide search to try to find the criminals, and then while simultaneously trying to justify what is being now printed in the newspapers, and then be like, "Well, you have to. You don't understand. We Wait, had they to." Give, they give the documents to the newspaper. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, they get copies and send them all out. It's, it's hitting the newspapers, and everyone's starting to read about how the FBI has been doing this and fucking crazy shit. Brains exploding yeah, across oh, yeah. the country. I mean, we're talking about they found newspapers that um, were printing about how they found these watch lists that the FBI had, which included everyone, politicians, senators, congressmen, movie stars, celebrities, that would have information that would be extremely um incriminating or something that would be embarrassing something to use for blackmail it would even have notes saying can use for blackmail or whatever along those lines well they're getting to the point where when they were saying that they need to intimidate people in these files um against different groups they would encourage violence the information yeah. that would be used to blackmail even u.s politicians were found in these files yeah thousands of americans that were tapped illegally and that their mail had been opened by the fbi and the cia and that their tax returns were used illegally i mean it goes on and on and on and on that's why my birthday card for my grandma didn't have the five dollars she usually puts in it yeah they took it they're like yoink free five dollars g-men bastards well, this leads the government to obviously have to make a lot of reforms in the FBI and other government departments even. Now, we're not going to say this stuff no longer goes on, because it does. <laughs> like, I still believe a lot of this shit. Oh, no. There's a lot of... I mean, Snowden. 100%. But at least at this point, the government and the FBI get put in their place, That's and Snowden, yeah. it might have slowed it down for a little bit. It really opened up for Hoover being basically a disgusting asshole. And how he abused U.S. citizens for his own purposes. And what are you said? 1971, 72. Yep, 71. He's been doing this for way too long. Been doing this for five, four decades, something like that. Wow. Nixon is president at the time, and he later stated that he would have fired. I wouldn't tap anybody. He said he would have fired Hoover, but he was afraid of him, and they thought that he, Hoover might have things on him because of all the stuff that came out, including. I'm telling you, not just like, senators and governors and other government agents. But that's that's his that's he his had shit, everybody. man. Everybody blackmail yeah. everybody. You know who he learned that from? The Cosa Nostra. Yeah, because they had pictures of him playing grab ass with his husband. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, we also later found that JFK wanted to fire Hoover, but ended up not doing so, which many people today believe that was because that Hoover probably had, among other things, had, was one of the first people to find JFK was committing adultery. And, and it was before it was kind of like yeah. nonchalant. I don't, and, and again, listener, I don't know if you know a ton about Kennedy. I'm not sure if... We've got an episode on JFK. I'm actually not certain if there is a podcast that's done a definitive uh, JFK episode, but... People time. Us. People Time, the podcast? Yeah. The one that's free on Spotify with and no Apple Podcasts with no ads. Yeah. I Except, mean, our own ads. Yeah, ads for our own uh, uh, tampons and... Um, and callbacks to our other episodes. Things like that. But we did briefly talk about that in which... Because, like I said, there are some topics that we're like, yeah, they're fucking pimp, whatever. 
But we we definitely disparaged uh, Kennedy for his uh, adulterous nature because he went a little overboard. So when it came to the point that he knew that Hoover was a corrupt, dangerous element, but had cornered himself into not being able to do anything about it because he couldn't keep his dick in his pants, yeah. we definitely criticized him for that. Yeah. So that's in the episode. There you go. If you're interested. Well, after all this, many people had told Hoover that he should probably retire. However, he did not. Many saying that he still was just way too powerful. And even though all of this had come out, that either he had a lot of friends in the what, government is he like position. Se- he's like 75. He's old. Yeah. Fucker. So a lot of his friends, uh, he might have had a lot of friends in the government uh, to protect him. Or that they were scared because he might have had a lot of dirt on them. Either way, maybe both. <laughs> so they were not able to follow through with trying to get him removed. However... He will die shortly afterwards. So Hoover maintained being the director of the FBI until his death on May 2nd, 1972 from a heart attack in his home in Washington, D.C. After he died, the FBI did a thorough search of the FBI office and his home to try to take any possible hidden files that he might have kept and would be further damning. They would find that he had kept many files at his home, which was something he was not supposed to do. Of course. A lot of flash drives didn't exist yet. <laughs> right. A lot of files have been confirmed as being destroyed or highly, highly censored or redacted. There's a lot of information that we really just don't know anything about, but we huh. do know that they set fire and uh, ran through the like paper eating machine. Yeah, tons and tons. His secretary destroyed so much shit. Of everything we do know, yeah, crazy we, shit was going on. We do. And there's more that we just probably will never know because it was all fucking destroyed or and heavily it's so, censored. So perverse of me that that's what I want to take away from it. I just want to know if Cary Grant likes eating pussy. Right. I know he does. Well, Hoover built his own empire inside the U.S. government. It wasn't the same when, when, he, putting it. when he started out in the BOI and what that position even meant to what it became, or at least what he made it into. It's a completely different thing. It, yeah. The BOI wasn't this powerful force that we now see as the FBI, and it couldn't be used in the way that it, Hoover ended up being able to use it because he made it that way. It's yeah. crazy to think that this is just some government department like, it might have well been accounting or something, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's just is controlling the entire United States. Yeah. A lot of people think that Hoover was more powerful than presidents, and I tend to agree. I did also want to do a couple of quick fun facts that are... Hit us. ...real quick here. Hoover wanted to identify every homosexual in the United States. He tried to do that, and... That can't possibly be... He did it under a code so, name called Sex Deviant, was the name of the operation. It's clever. It's a clever code there. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Like He's not very... Bl- black hate. Killed blacks. Sex Deviant. No gays. Project Leather Pants. <laughs> yeah. Well, the program um, was mainly to try and identify homosexuals that worked in the government. Ew. Claiming that though homosexual Gross. Was, homosexuality wasn't a crime, it posed a national security threat because... Of course. There would be more prone to blackmail by the Soviets, which is funny because he was trying to blackmail everybody based on anything you could get. And he was hella gay. And I was about to say, there's a lot of people that believe that he took such a strong stance against homosexuality because he himself might have been gay and did, um, you know, you kind of do the whole thing of you don't want to get caught, so you call it out a lot. Point point at everybody else. Yeah, try to get the light off of you, which is what he exactly did with his gambling addiction. He told everybody that gambling was a terrible thing, it's a sin, all this shit, yet he had a giant gambling addiction, so 
a lot of his illegal wiretapping and break-ins were fell under his job called black bag so you can look up a bunch of that shit under that if you want to see it's basically just that break-ins and wiretapping illegally yeah yeah he just man i mean it's basically a criminal empire to further empower himself personally yeah i think he got off on it more power whatever he disagreed with he could try to go destroy now i didn't go into the details of everything that hoover had directly got him and his fbi in when it came to investigating there's a lot of conspiracy theories as well that revolve around hoover and the fbi which i'm not gonna go too much into but it's worth bringing up because it is definitely shady there's some Um, points to be made yeah i would imagine there are lists and lists of things that yeah yeah you go over so just as a couple quick examples uh, a lot of people believe the fbi was somehow involved in the assassination of jfk yeah um i don't think it would be necessarily outside of hoover's control or power but i don't really see the motive it's true that jfk and hoover really didn't get along hoover uh jfk did threaten hoover to basically either retire or to step down or at least kind of take it easy hoover said no fuck you and then we have speculations that he must have had dirt on JFK or that JFK just, oh, for yeah. whatever reason, gave up on that idea. Of it would be so him. easy to get dirt on JFK, though. One of the reasons, he was so reckless. Yeah. One of the reasons why I kind of tend not to fall to that kind of uh, conspiracy theory with J- uh, JFK being killed by the FBI is because, at least from Hoover's standpoint, Hoover also hated Lyndon, and Lyndon also hated him. Lyndon B. Johnson, who took over after JFK That's died. That's true. So it wouldn't have been that great to kill and have, you know, JFK assassinated just to put somebody else in control that he also hated. So, well, there's also theories that Hoover and the FBI had MLK assassinated and created a scapegoat through James Earl Ray, who yeah. is the man that we supposedly believe, I, you know, is the one who killed MLK. I buy that. But even the MLK family believes that it was actually the FBI and that had MLK assassinated. Of course. So, there's yeah. some food for thought there. Uh, in the aftermath of Hoover's death and all the horrific things that he used... The FBI came to light. It wasn't really until after he died that most people knew about this stuff. There was the newspaper stuff that was going on. That was pretty big news. But there's a lot more. There's like the secret files of Hoover. And it's more or less essentially the same shit, just more of it. So Mm -hmm. you can find out how much he had on certain people and things that he might have used or was willing to use if he needed to. And we're talking about just file cabinets worth of shit. Just file cabinets and cabinets. And it's... Wow. Pretty nuts to realize that this guy just had shit on everybody. Yeah. And it could have been some high-end government official. It could have been just some Joe on the street that... He knew Elton John was gay. Yeah. Well, we all knew, but he had a file about it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... uh, We've brought him up multiple times through multiple episodes of other... Kind of dabbles inside and out of our other episodes. I hate it. So Hoover, uh, I, I just hate this. End it that Hoover destroyed lives, um, literally sometimes, and careers to get what he wanted. That's how I want to leave that, in my opinion. I just think it's funny that he was all against terrorism. Yeah. And yet I think he was the biggest terrorist. That's that's uh. It's pretty. That's a pretty um conclusive and uh, sadly just encapsulates the whole thing. Yeah, I think he was a terrorist. Inside our own U.S. government, FBI director. State tax-funded terrorist. Gross. I'm bummed that this episode was as dark as is. which that's just the case. That's the, the truth. Yeah. I, I really just want to talk more about wearing his mom's clothes. We still don't even know. There's no picture. One person made the claim and has not ever backed it up. This is 
another classic episode of uh, Host One, whose name I forget. Uh, Wadsworth. Wadsworth mm-hmm. uh, giving real, real solid, good researched history, making Host Two. Uh, the Angry. key master of Gozer just loses goddamn mind. I'm sorry. I always do that. Well, you don't do it on purpose. It's just history is dark, and I'm keeping it light. I think, oh. I'm keeping it light. Oh, no, wait. If we're going to end, uh, I love you forever. Uh, you are all my personal soulmate. I will all see you in hell or heaven or wherever we end up. Please send me your pants. Tell your grandmothers about us. Because your grandma knows more about Hoover than we do because she actually read the papers back then. And you know the other thing is? Your grandma was a tight piece at one point. She's probably a tight piece now. Just, you know, just tell her about us.
you found the secret audio file. Uh, you know when people don't meet their dreams, you know what I mean? It makes me feel like I'm not watching My Little Pony. Yeah. It's the opposite of that. Yeah. It's like it's like watching uh, Street Sharks. You don't like you like Street Sharks? No. Why? Bad. This is just a bad Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles what, ripoff. What about Gargoyles? I don't like Gargoyles. Okay. Yeah. The 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 main female gargoyle was pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that as a kid. Yeah. I remember thinking that her tunic was too short. Yeah. I was like, even for a statue, that's inappropriate. <laughs> I like it. I got my pants feel funny. <laughs> my pants feel weird. Oh, she's turning to stone. She's getting hard, and so am I. <laughs> Street Sharks was a weird... I, I remember vaguely a little bit about it, but it is a weird concept that they would dive into the street and were able to just... And they're ruining the streets. Swim. Yeah. Also. But they also, like, they wore, like, biker gear. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a weird show. Yeah, I'm going to go get me a Street Shark t-shirt. I'm going to wear it. You would be like the only guy. Yeah. Which would be kind of fun. It's fine. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. All right. Street Shark. So anyways. <laughs> I don't understand how my brain works. <laughs> I don't know either, man. I, I don't fucking know. I do it too. It's all right. Yeah. It's fucking, it goes off on its own. Well, uh, That's what's weird about this show is we both just free associate Yeah. and find out that we're a little strange. Yeah. Yeah. And judgmental. It's like therapy. Yeah. yeah. Found out that last episode. Yeah. Well. It's okay. We all learn. See, we're all learning. That's the point of the show. Yeah. We're all learning here. All right, yeah. Good job. But anyway, so... 